Going within to know thyself fully and taking responsibility and accountability for your own suffering as well as your own well-being sets you free from old programming that no longer serves you. Step into healing your trauma and living the life that you've always wanted. In the words of Marcus Aurelius, the happiness of your life depends on the quality of your thoughts, so keep shifting your perspectives and finding the delights in everyday moments. How's it going, everybody? I wanted to get on and finally record this episode. This is going to be the one and only time I do an episode this revealing and vulnerable. But basically, I'm going to give you guys like an insight to my life story. It's going to be from start to finish, you know, a very abridged version. But the whole purpose of this is for uh, me to show and lead by example of what releasing your burdens and your past traumas is like and how I was able to identify my core wounding issues, being able to accept them and integrate them, and then being able to release those burdens and let go of the things that no longer serve me, like learned behavioral toxic patternings and shit like that. And then being able to walk in the new direction of my life of being the full, authentic, healed version of myself. And with tonight's full moon and total lunar eclipse, it felt very important that I record this episode to just really show people what, you know, discipline, persistence, and consistency looks like. And that our, we all have stories. We all have our own journeys to live. Everything is unique. And that if we're able to apply, you know, this thought of like positive uh, perspective change and really being able to accept ourselves fully as we are, are we better able to make external changes? But we all know change starts within. I've been a very firm advocate on my platform really talking about how I don't want a trauma bond. I don't want to compare stories. I don't want this to be like this fucking pity party or re-triggering of old, old wounds or being like a victim in any way, shape, or form. This is merely a tool to show you how I have worked through these issues and being able to get a different perspective on how you can approach your own healing. I don't want people to compare themselves to my story and you know like I've teetered and tottered back with this idea of even releasing this um, because of that that fact from all the different classes and, and healing stuff that I've done where a lot of people can just get sucked into like telling their story over and over and over again and letting that become their identity where for me my story is my past that's no longer who i am that is not the person that i am today and i do not accept that as my identity what it is it's a journey for how i came home to myself and that's really what i want to advocate on and really showcase is how we can really let go of the past and with this full moon and lunar eclipse, that's what this is all about. It's purging. You are releasing all that no longer serves you and stepping into your true authenticity, or at least in the direction of getting home to your true authentic self. So without further ado, I'm going to break down my life in a quick episode in the sense that it's not going to be drawn out over like multiple episodes here. It'll probably take me start to finish maybe two, two and a half hours. So if you don't have the bandwidth to, to listen to that long of an episode, I don't blame you. This was really just something for me to put out there uh, for myself as well as for anyone else that wants to, you know, 
hear a different perspective and hopefully help them be able to address the issues within themselves. This is a trigger warning. There are going to be a lot of traumatic things I will talk about. So if you're just really fresh in unearthing your trauma, I suggest probably don't listen to this episode. But if you're somebody that's already really begun doing the work, then this may not be as triggering for you. But just as a discretion, I always want to put that out there. Everyone's in different cycles and stages of their trauma. But um, yeah. So long story short, I was adopted. I was born in Busan, South Korea, and I was adopted to a family in Seattle, Washington. My parents uh, were not able to have kids. My mom had a lot of problems, uh, you know, with her own just whole reproductive system that prevented her from having children. Uh, My parents come from two very different backgrounds, each with their own traumas and different learned environmental things that created certain dynamics in my life that, um, you know, I've had to learn and unlearn from. Uh, But basically, long story short was I was born in Busan, South Korea. My mother and my father were um, not married. So my birth father, he was actually from another city and who he had another wife and children already. But he moved down to Busan to, uh, I guess, do work or something and met my mother. They hit it off, apparently. (laughs) And they were obviously I was a byproduct of whatever had happened. And unfortunately, they were not able to get married because he was clearly married to another woman still. And I think they probably parted ways is my guess. Um, And so my birth mother was put in a very predicament of having to decide what to do. You know, in Korea, especially during the 80s, if you were a single mother, you were ostracized from society. It is very frowned upon and it makes your life very difficult. Already being a woman in Korea in the 80s wasn't really that great either. So I empathize with her that she took and had to do the best decision that she could. And that was to put me up for adoption, which luckily for her was a huge boom (laughs) then in the sense that it was a lot more common. It was a lot more accessible to get to a doctor that would be able to help you facilitate an adoption. And so that was the beginning of, of my life, you know, so I'm in my mother's womb, she's putting me up for adoption. And then here are the, my adoptive parents, my real parents in my mind, uh, who they are the ones that raised me, who had been looking for, for a daughter. My parents, um, basically come from from simple upbringings in the sense that um when they were were married they really didn't have much at all my dad really worked from the ground up to build everything that he has to this day and uh they saved up enough money and they were able to get my brother so they they had went through a local adoption situation where were it put on a lottery where they got a call basically at the drop of the hat you got to answer that call and be like yo do you want this kid or not because it's it's born you either get it or we're going to give it to somebody else so that's how they were able to get my brother um and they lived with him for for six whole years until I arrived but my mom wanted a daughter and so I think around like my brother was probably about four they wanted to revisit you know an an adoption situation where they could get a girl and luckily with the adoptions being such a big boom in china and korea during the 80s it made it a lot easier that you were guaranteed probably a girl because those were the ones that were being put up for adoption the most but also that it was just a lot faster process so my dad was already like you know working his way up he got like a brand new job that was paying a lot more money and like busted his fucking ass to to save up 
And so um, finally, my mom and my dad, were they were all the way through the whole entire process and they were um, assigned another girl. And then at the very last minute, she had her final like uh, medical examination and she ended up having some heart defects. And so she wasn't cleared to, to fly and couldn't be adopted right then. And so my parents went back on the list and then lo and behold, I think I was I was either already born or just about to be born. And they were like, yo, we got another girl. Um, so this one will be your baby instead. And so that started the process. And for adoption, it takes a while, especially like international overseas. So it was six whole months until I came to America. So I was born. They got the photos like here. This is your little baby. And uh, I, ha- I was living with a foster family for those first six months before I came to the United States. So my birth in Korea was I went from the hospital to an orphanage for the first two weeks of my life. And when you're born, the very first thing that a baby does is it cries for its mother because it is now being disconnected from the womb space. So it's like, whoa, what the fuck? Where's my mom at? It's like the very first initial reaction that every single baby has is it cries for its mom. And uh, when the cries are not met because there is no mother, that's like the first like stage of abandonment, you know, that that a child can experience. And so that obviously that was my very first trauma that uh, basically right out the gate, I was born and immediately abandoned. So that's a deep seated wound that I already had had to deal with in my life, let alone who knows what my mom's pregnancy was like in terms of. You know, she was alone, most likely, it sounds like, and, you know, probably very depressed pregnancy. And during your your pregnancy with your child, you know, that's supposed to be like the happiest time of your life. That's when you're like really connecting with your baby, trying to like you know, be really positive and all this stuff. And if you're deeply depressed and shit like that, baby's going to fucking feel that. So I'm sure I probably got some other fucked up ass shit from the womb space, too. Um but anyways, so I ended up into a foster home and I have like a really flat head like in the back where it really shouldn't be. And that's like a tall, tall tale sign of that I was neglected in the sense that I wasn't really um, picked up probably as much. I was probably laid on my back a lot because I'm, I'm in an orphanage and then a foster home and my foster family, really great people. I was able to meet them a couple of times. Um, they already had kids of their own and I think they were fostering other kids. So there's just not a lot of direct um, connection that you can have with a child at that rate. So I was basically another wound, neglection. So I'm already dealing with abandonment issues and neglect. So I come to the United States finally to be in this new family where I have an older brother who's six years older than me and I have older parents, mind you, at this rate because my mom couldn't have kids, find that out much later in life. They tried and tried and tried, finally got adopted my brother. He's six years older than me and so by the time that I come around, my parents are already like 40. So they're much older and there's a bigger disconnect in terms of the age gap with like a newborn baby and let alone it being... Um, a baby that's going to already inherently have these traumatic wounds already at such a young age. So I lived my life uh, like any normal kid, you know, my I know my parents were giving me as much attention as they could at the time. And I lived a pretty decent sheltered kind of life where my parents were much more like kind of granola hippies in certain ways where, um, you know, like I didn't even know what the fuck fast food was until I was like much older. And that was because of my friends. 
Um, so we ate like pretty organic, healthy, just lived a pretty like outdoorsy lifestyle, just like camping and hiking and all that shit. We're also, we were fucking poor. At least that's what my mom made us believe. We were like dirt fucking poor. Cause my mom was like part of the post great depression. You know, she was one of seven kids, grew up in a podunk ass fucking living situation that there was scarcity and lack in my household, like up the wazoo. Um, basically my brother had a lot of fucking difficulties. My brother required all of my parents' attention all the time. Like he was just like the problem child in the sense of constantly getting into problems, had a lot of like ADD and just really self-destructive habits and shit that my mom, like she flat out told me this very recently. She was just like, I'm sorry that you were just flat out neglected. And I was like, damn, I never use that word, but you're right, I was. So that was already the disconnect in my family home that I didn't get much attention like most kids would like a baby you would think would get a lot more attention but my mom was being you know distributed very thinly in terms of having to take care of my brother and me and then my dad was busting his ass off at work all day and so by the time that he comes home from work you know dude's probably tired as fuck and still trying to give to my mom trying to give to my brother and himself and that there just was not enough time for me to to have, be nurtured and taken care of so i kind of grew up basically taking care of myself a lot and uh i basically i did have friends mind you but i i really spent most of my time alone and i spent it just kind of with my own like toys and things i didn't have that many items I have like one stuffed animal that I've had since the jump and I've had this stuffed animal for forever and it's probably my most prized possession. <laughs> and my one friend's like, damn, it was really just you and this stuffed animal, like your your life. And it was just you and him rocking it out. And I was like, yeah, it really was. It was just me and my little stuffed animal. But uh, long story short, I started, I was just a, an out an out there kid like I was different I was very very fucking different I had a lot of unique quirkiness I was very unafraid I would just do shit um that was mostly because I just didn't have a whole lot of supervision and hands-on attention that I would just do shit so my mom would tell me stories about like yeah you were just like unafraid you just jump off the fucking high dive like so far up and weren't scared or like ride like I basically taught myself how to ride my own bicycle and I almost died <laughs> I like uh I wasn't getting enough attention and I think my brother and my cousin were trying to teach me and my other cousin how to ride our bikes but they were too consumed teaching my my other cousin that I was just like fuck it I'm just gonna go and I was on a hill and I just took off and I couldn't really stop and I remember just like falling off my bike and just like dragging myself on my chin. So I have a huge gnarly scar underneath my chin from that one. Like almost got hit by a car. Like the car came like two inches away from my fucking head. Like lucky as shit. <laughs> but that was just really um, confirming of how I kind of was just left to my own device. Like no one really ever showed me how to do anything in life. I had to learn on my own. And I have like learning disabilities too, in the sense that I don't learn the same way that other people do. Um, I remember one teacher like in high school thought I was like stupid. It was really because I hated fucking high school. That really all it was. And so like, he pulled me into his office and he's just like, I need you to like read this stuff and tell me like what it's about. And like, so I did. And he was just like, oh my God, I thought you were like illiterate. 
<laughs> I was like, no, dude, I'm, I can fully read. I know how to write all this shit. And he's like, well, why are you not doing, uh, paying attention in class and or something? Like, I think I was like flunking like that one class where normally with school, I fucking excel in school, but I have to be like stimulated enough to want to apply myself. So I think that was like the one and only class when, um, I was just not doing so well and I was just at, I really fucking hated high school so I just didn't give a shit uh, but throughout the whole entire life I really enjoyed learning like learning is where I thrive the most at I want to like get my hands on things I really want to like involve myself in as much possible things oh my god I'm sorry there's a car going by blasting music <laughs> it's Mary J Blige of course oh man how poignant but yeah anyways i grew up just like really having to learn um how to take care of myself where i just was neglected and not getting my needs met and on top of that i had a lot of um yeah like you're saying like kind of learning disabilities in the sense that in one episode i just talked about you know i had a lot of oral surgeries where it, it my mouth was just all sorts of fucked up so i think that was just like an indication you know really physically manifested that i was not able to ask for my needs to be met and then so it's like i have all of those issues and traumas of like abandonment neglect not being able to um, have people be there for me and in my immediate family you know all the attention was going to my brother and i had no other relatives around me that really cared to be part of our lives like we were pretty just separate from the rest of our family like my mom's side was like this huge overwhelming family that it was just a disconnect when things are too big it's no one's getting enough attention and so I had basically didn't really have any family member who I connected with other than my grandpa who was my grandma's like second husband so he came into the picture way later that none of the family members like this dude he was just ostracized as fuck but for some reason him and I clicked and I was the only family member in my mom's side of the family that loved loved my grandpa like him and I had a very unique special bond he was the only person ever to spend time with me just to love me the way that like a a parent or grandparent or a family member should love like a child and I would just spend as much time with him as I could when I would go up to my grandma's house which wasn't often enough but every time it was just me and my grandpa just fucking kicking it tough. And so it basically was growing up just not really having stability in my life. Just my house was like a fucking chaos. Like it was just like drama with my brother, just other shit going on. Uh, just it was absolute mayhem in, in my household. And then on top of that, probably when I was about five is when it started. I was sexually abused by a family member and you know, I blocked this out of my memory for years. Like it didn't really catch up with me until I think about the end of middle school and high school that I realized what had really happened to me. And during this time, it's like, I only really remember three instances in my mind, like where I could tell you exactly what the fuck happened. Uh, but I know that it, it went on probably for about a year and I just like erased most of those memories from my mind. And so, uh, and one of those instances, like my mom, she like walked in on like the end of something happening. And I remember it very clearly. My mom just like, she didn't know what was going on. She was super confused and she just took me away and just put me in my room and didn't say anything to me ever because it was, it was a gray area. Like I don't fault my mom for this. No one should think ill of my mom because it was, it was very, 
unsettling situation where I'm sure she knew in her subconscious that something wrong happened, but there was no physical evidence of what exactly had happened. And so I feel like, uh, like I, I can't really ever say, you know, like if I was in my mom's shoes, if I had, if I could have done anything differently because it was just one of those really gray areas of shit. But that shit, like, obviously fucked me up. So at this point, you know, it's like, okay, abandonment, uh, neglect, <laughs> sexual abuse, and just, like, not getting my needs met. Not being able to ask fully for my needs to be met. So I'm already, like, dealing with all of this, like, up to, like, age seven. <laughs> That's already a lot of things happening to me. And then just, like, my brother and I were not getting along. He was pretty mean to me. Like, we had a very love-hate relationship for for many years where it's like he'd be nice to me hate me nice to me hate me and it wasn't until about like middle school um my brother and I became finally good friends so he was like because he was more mature back then at that point you know he was already in high school so uh he started you know treating me more like an equal and we were able to have like a really good friendship but it wasn't until uh I was about nine my grandpa died and that fucked me up like that was the, the only family member that just unconditionally loved me and gave me the time and the attention that I needed and nobody told me that he died right away and when they did tell me it was just very melancholy there was not a lot of empathy uh they didn't tell me when the his funeral was and it was during school so my mom didn't think it was like appropriate to take me out of school which I was super mad about. Uh, my grandma didn't think to tell me um, that she was getting rid of all of his shit because my grandma and I didn't, we're not very close. I, we, I tried with her like when she was like dying, you know, like my mom was like, yeah, you go t- go up there and take care of your grandma. And so I would try to do little things here and there for her, but there was just no real relationship with her. Um, so, so I wasn't surprised that she didn't really include me, but I'm a kid back then. Like, I don't fucking know. I was just super mad because, like, she got rid of, like, his his lazy boy chair, which was, like, him and me. Like, that was, like, our bonding area. Like, my grandpa had a bunch of, like, health issues, so he wasn't really mobile. And so I would just sit, like, on the lazy boy with him, and we would just read and talk and just kick it. And she got rid of it, and I was just so devastated by that. Uh, I remember, like, my brother ended up with, like, his harmonica for some reason. I was like, why the fuck does my brother have this? Like, where, like, why can't I have something? And, I, yeah, I just remember being really hurt, just, like, full of anger. And that was the only emotion that I ever had, like, as a kid was just anger. That was the only one I would express. Like, I really wouldn't cry that much, and I really wouldn't um, give off, like, any other kind of indication that something was wrong with me either I was just happy all the time or I was angry those were that those were the only two things but as we know it's like anger is a secondary emotion and that was based upon that I just felt hurt all the time I just felt neglected and abandoned and misused and mistreated and those were what was causing this deep-seated anger um and so that kind of followed me out through through middle school so, or, oh, sorry, elementary school followed me out through elementary school. I was, you know, getting into like little altercations here and there with people, but I still was doing good in school. Like I enjoyed being there. My elementary was a pretty good school. I had a 
lot of really great teachers and I was able to like have like my first like best friends and stuff and really connect with people that elementary was pretty good overall I just was like a weird fucking kid but it was more acceptable back then uh for me to be that that weirdo because all kids at that age are fucking super weird because you're not afraid to be who you actually are and then come middle school I was able to go to a really dope international school. So I was dealing with kids from all walks of life, like all different socioeconomic classes, a lot of different races, which was really rad. So I had a very good worldly experience in my life that I was able to interact with so many different types of people from a very young age. Like even my elementary school was like that, but my middle school was super multicultural and, um, just a lot of different types of people, including the faculty as well. And I thrived in middle school. I really was like at my very best during middle school. I was getting straight A's. I was in a lot of different curricular activities. I had a lot of different friends from all walks of life. But that was the first time I started realizing like, oh, I'm like impressionable, you know, like really... um, trying to like fit in with a lot of people but there wasn't the added peer pressure yet that can happen like in more high school scenarios where you know people get really clicked up and you'll be condemned where middle school is pretty tame like everyone at my school still fucked with everybody everyone was nice and respectable we didn't have like as many dramas and shit as like some other middle schools I heard so I I was blessed again and I thrived during middle school but I had a lot of issues internally where uh i was very depressed but on the outside you would never fucking know i was depressed because it was just all this weird energy that i didn't know how to express i had already had a lot of like what you could say um you know like now like spiritual abilities from a very young age that i didn't fucking know what they were and i had a lot of weird ailments when i was young that were just like I don't know what the fuck they were. They were just like weird shit to me. So I'd be like sick a lot or I would just feel a lot of things. And now I can say right now, I was like, damn, it's because I was an empath from the jump. And I would have uh, nosebleeds every single day for about three years straight. Um, That shit was fucking weird. And I would faint a lot too. I would just get like really lightheaded and just like fall over. And it would always be like... um, kind of basically going into like a meditative state and then I would get up and I would faint and it would always be like I would be by myself like I don't know how I don't have like a fucking traumatic brain injury from that shit um but yeah just like weird little things like that um that looking back on it I can pinpoint and be like damn I fucking know what that is now but anyway so here in middle school what I was having was like this identity crisis basically where I was so fucking depressed I contemplated suicide every single day all of middle school like I knew exactly how I was going to take my life I knew exactly my goodbye letter like I even knew a song I was going to be playing (laughs) all this fucked up shit and so uh but it was the weirdest thing because I had everything going for me and that's like the scariest thing it's like all the people that I know that have taken their life it's the same exact fucking shit man and those are the people we gotta like be really worried about it's just like you will never know when uh like the people you think would never do something like that are the ones that will man because we don't talk about shit we don't fucking like let people 
into our inner sanctum that something's wrong you know i'm like a cat where i'm like i'm injured i'm sick whatever i'm gonna crawl underneath a fucking car you won't see me for two fucking weeks i could be dying underneath that car and then i'm gonna pop back out once i'm good and you would never know that anything wrong happened to me and i've always been like that and so uh that was all of middle school was like this really weird void I, is the best way I can put it where I just had like an identity crisis of just being like I don't know who I am like this all sucks like I should take my life I literally thought that you know I was cursed and that I didn't deserve anything good in my life those were my really deep self-limiting beliefs in myself I had deep self-confidence issues and I just felt like I wasn't supposed to fee- be here I felt like I was a mistake And that was from my abandonment issues and my neglect shit that I just felt that something was very wrong with me and I didn't understand why God like let me be born. (laughs) That was basically how I felt during middle school and that I felt that it was best if I take my life. But for some reason, I just never did it. I tried once and failed miserably at it. (laughs) And so... um, yeah, I'm just like, I was like, all right, fuck it. So then high school comes around and what do you do in high school? You experiment with stuff. I was rebelling and I was going to like push the limits of being like, all right, let me just see what I can do. And I was very impressionable and trying to like fit in and do things uh, with the people and things that I was associated with just to make some sense of myself. Because I was like, I clearly don't know who I am. Maybe these people do. And so I was able to... um you know, I still had like a good experience, you know, it wasn't like all this dramatic shit, but it definitely wasn't me living in my authenticity in any way, shape or form. So like the first uh, freshman year was this new change. Like I went from a really dope middle school to this like fucked up ass high school of just like hella white people, super clicky and snobby and just like fucking arrogant. Like my high school was really weird. Like I didn't like it at all, but I did good in school overall, other than that one class I told you I almost failed. Um, (laughs) And uh, yeah, I still was like juggling like who I was at that point. Like I was really trying to find some something to gravitate towards because I was dibbling and dabbling with with interacting with a lot of people like I've always been like that you know and in high school people were condemning me more so for who I was kicking with like I made friends like with like this deaf kid and people didn't understand why I was friends with him and I was friends with like a couple other people like disabilities and shit and then I would be friends with like some cheerleaders or some band geeks or all these different things and people really just couldn't understand it and then the main people I was kicking it with were like a lot of these misfit fucking rebel cool kids and shit and so yeah high school was just such a fucking trip started you know obviously doing drugs and drinking uh had like my first relationship at 14 uh it was like my very first like real boyfriend like I had boyfriends like in elementary and middle school but it was not like the same type of situation uh so that started off like my whole slew of my serial monogamy man like I've just been in nothing but back-to-back relationships since I was 14 and so that was like a whole nother fucking slew of trauma and shit but high school just was a really fucked up place for me where I just like I really didn't like myself that I just forced myself to be something that I wasn't. And so when you're forcing yourself to be something that you're not, what do you do? You lie. And so I developed like a really bad lying habit of just 
making up stupid shit and this was the thing it was like i thought it was pretty clear that i was lying too because all my friends were doing the same thing it was just for whatever reason mine were really bad and i was doing it too often that you know you get deemed a liar and so that was not helpful at all in any way shape or form to me of just being now a liar essentially and it took a while for it all to catch up because you know it's just like everyone like thinks it's funny at first and then it just can gets out of hand and so I was dealing with this situation of just like portraying somebody that I wasn't you know I was just trying to fit in and people please and be this one way just so you know I could be perceived in a certain situation when I myself wasn't positive who I was and I knew I didn't want to be that person but I just felt like I needed to be that way so just like lying and doing drugs drinking uh just going from one boyfriend to the next boyfriend girlfriend whatever and just like a whole slew of ridiculous shit my relationship with my family is like not great at all at this point I kind of ended up living with my best friend's family at like 16 and then come 17 I basically lived with my ex-husband at that point so yeah I just like I really hated high school I went to three different high schools all together and then I ended up going into community college so I took a fast track through school so I graduated high school with both my high school diploma and my associates of arts degree so you know yeah I was a pretty fucking smart kid when I would apply myself in certain areas but I was like dumb on like standardized tests and like other situational things I just learned in a very different way where I can be very brilliant and once I know something I can know it really well I just can't learn in the conventional sense that a lot of other people do but learning is my shit like I always want to be learning and I'm really good at like education educating myself on on a things that I'm interested in it's just uh the nor- the way that normal schools are set up are not conducive for the style that I learn um so yeah I went through a lot of like that chaoticness of just like trying to fit in and be cool and be somebody that I wasn't and then at that point I kind of had like a riff with like some of like my group of friends and then I started dating like my ex-husband and at that point um I really changed like where I kind of was already robbed of like my childhood a lot and now I was robbing myself of like the younger self-developmental years that most you know high schoolers go through as well as like um younger 20s and so I just like went into like a very adult relationship like my ex-husband already had a kid with another psycho ass fucking crazy lady oh my god um and he was much older than me like much older than me <laughs> which was already taboo and like fucked up to begin with and my parents never once questioned it they knew him though it wasn't like it it was like completely like scandalous but still it's like if I was my parent like parent I'd be like fuck no bitch you're not dating this man like hell no um but whatever it just I was a rebellious kid anyways I was just gonna do whatever the fuck I was gonna do anyways at that point um but yeah, it just was like, at that point in my life, I had been kind of neglected, you know, I didn't really have a healthy relationship with my dad, where my dad just was focused on, like, like I said, work and other shit, like, he stopped kind of kicking it with me, like, when I became 13, and so there was, like, no father figure really in my life that actually wanted to be in my life, he would just do things out of obligation, um, or, would be polite, like, there was no meanness or anything, there just was absolutely no love no connection and same with my mom my mom was like you know just overburdened you know by having to take care of my brother in the household and 
you know, having to juggle in between like her own jobs and shit and and run a household. Like that's a lot of fucking work. So I empathize with my parents and see them as fully as humans. But like, um, yeah, I just didn't really have a lot of support. And my mom's the only person that can get under my fucking skin in like zero seconds. (laughs) Like my mom can just look at me and I'm like, what? (laughs) And that's like a lot of like triggered ass shit where I just never have had a good relationship with my family at all. They have never been my rock. They have never been um, really there for me, but they're good people. They try in their own way, and I see that. It was just we're very different people. We don't require the same things in certain areas as one or the other, and then we just have a disconnect on how we see life. And that's really all it is, is that we just don't see things in the same way. And what we had to do over many years is learn how to find a common ground where we're not going to be this super loving, affectionate family that can have these really deep, penetrating like conversations and really show up for each other. It's just really this we acknowledge all of the fucked up shit that's happened to us and we're moving forward as best as we can in an amicable situation and that's far better than what it was so um i don't fault them for that at all but then starts into back to the story of my high school years you know i had like a lot uh went from one boyfriend to another boyfriend to another boyfriend to another boyfriend eventually to my my ex-husband And so all the boyfriends previously to my ex-husband were really just normal, nice guys. Like I had like a decent, um, like dating history, I guess you could say. Like I'm cool with every single person I've ever dated that if I saw any of them, we'd be fine. And they all ended pretty well for the most part. And there's no animosity. Like I always can end my relationships on a high note in some way or regard. And there's no bad blood on definitely on my end for for any of the situations I've ever been in. And they would probably say the same. Most of them do. (laughs) They all come back to say that at some point in time. Uh, But yeah, so my very first boyfriend, um, I didn't really want to be with him. (laughs) It was basically like my best friend was dating this guy and his best friend was the guy I ended up dating and so it was kind of like we're all best friends all hanging out all the time but as I started getting to know this guy more and more I just was like I really don't like this guy and I remember telling my best friend I'd be like I don't want to be with him anymore and she'd just be like no like he's great you guys are great together like we're all friends blah 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 and I'd be like ugh, god I don't uh, I don't know man and I was like a virgin at this time, and I really didn't want to lose my virginity to him. So I was like, I told my boyfriend, I was like, I don't want to like be with you anymore. Like, I think maybe we should stop seeing each other. He's just like, what are you talking about, Kate? No, we're great. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh, God, no. So my first <coughs> attempt at breaking up didn't go so well. So I was just like, fuck, dude, like, what do I got to do to, like, break up with this guy? Like, he pretty much won't let me break up with him. So I was like, well, the only thing I can think of is I lose my virginity to someone else. That's a game a game changer. That's a deal breaker. And so I was like, man, if I'm going to actually lose my, my virginity to someone, I want it to be somebody that I want to. <laughs> I want it to be, you know, like, the, the cream of the crop. So I... 
I'd already had seen this one guy around who was like the mega babe, like older fucking skater dude and shit. And I was like, I like this guy. Like <laughs> who was like the pretty boy fuck boy essentially. And lo and behold, he liked me too. Um and so I was like, all right, I'm going to choose this one. This will this will be it. Like, this guy's clearly had experience before. He's super hot. Why the fuck not? And then I can get out of my relationship with my current boyfriend. So, yeah, I basically went off to go do the deed. And it was great. Like, there was no, it was, it was really nice. No complaints. Like, I had a really great time. <laughs> And I, but I didn't tell him that I was a virgin previously. I had told him afterwards and he freaked out. Like he really freaked out. Like he felt terrible. He was like, Kate, why the fuck didn't you tell me this shit? Like I would have not have, you know, taken your, your virginity in the way that I did. Like I would have treated you much differently and like took you on a date. Like he really felt really bad that he didn't treat it more special for me. But I was like, it wasn't meant to be for, for me. Um, and so then that whole shit ensued where he ended up just really like liking me and it was a complicated situation from that point on. But I was just like, yeah, you know, like I'm, I'm with, currently with somebody else, but I'll talk to you later. And so I was like, okay, finally I can go tell my boyfriend that I don't want to be with him because I've lost my virginity to somebody else. And so I told him. And I shit you not, the guy wouldn't let me break up with him. <laughs> he refused to break up with me. He was like, it's okay, Kate, we make mistakes. <laughs> time went on with that relationship I couldn't shake him and finally I can't remember what it I think I just stopped calling him I stopped seeing him and then he got the picture um because at that point it was just like yeah our relationship was just done um and then I went off dated a couple of other people that were all great like it was fine it just was like I I know what I like and I know what I don't like I'm pretty quick to judge of like if this is something that's gonna work for me or not and so luckily both of those relationships ended fine. Like I was still cool with both of those dudes for, for how long, even one of them's like, will hit me up here and there. And like, he had like messaged me not that long ago. And he was just like, Oh my God, Kate, like, you know, you were great to me. I'm so sorry that I didn't treat this, you know, our friendship and our relationships better, blah, blah, blah. Like all the Mercury retrograde ass shit, you know, like people try to, you know, come back in the woodworks and like, you know, pour their hearts out and then they go away kind of shit. So <laughs> yeah, anyway, so back to, um, yeah, that was like the bulk of like my, my high school where I was just like, I, I went from like one guy to another guy. And then the last guy before I dated my ex-husband was like my kryptonite. This dude I'd known since fucking elementary school. Him and I always had this fucking weird ass vibe. And lo and behold, we were both <laughs> both finally in the same place at the same time. And we were just like, yeah, we're, we're kicking it <laughs> basically. And so 
we started like dating ish and it was that was like the first person where i was like oh this is what that lust ass shit is all about this is like when you like just you know you got chemistry with somebody that was him and it was same way for for him we just were it was all toxic though mind you it was just complete lust nothing but lust and it didn't matter who we were with what we were doing it was we're gonna do bad bad together (laughs) type of shit and so that was like a crazy ass relationship that I had for many years on and off and then um luckily that shit ended where apparently he had been cheating on his girlfriend with me for quite some time uh so I was like yeah no I'm cool I'm not a backbench burner bitch I am the first base bitch you know like I am the the numero uno and so luckily I took myself out of that but it took a lot for me to get out of that shit and then uh by the time that ended I immediately started dating my ex-husband who had always been around my area you know he was a lot older than me but knew all of like my 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 brother and his friends and shit so I'd been around him for for many years and so he took a very strong interest in me. And so we started kicking it where I didn't really like him, mind you. I really didn't think too too much of him because I had known him for so long. And then um, we started dating and everything was good. But my life completely shifted. Like I said, I was kind of robbed of this more innocent time in my life. It was like, whoa, I'm in a full-fledged fucking relationship with this man. I am like a wife. I am you know technically a stepmother but that whole shit with his son was just like fucked up and crazy and we were living a very different lifestyle that I won't talk about because I will never go on record and say certain shit so this will be a very abridged version of it but we were living a very different lifestyle that I had to act in a certain way I just had to grow up really really quick and deal with a lot of shit that nobody should really deal with and nobody should encourage (laughs) and so um yeah it was just a really complicated relationship where we absolutely loved each other we got married for the right reason and we were great you know we were truly each other's best friends very supportive but the problem was like I had no identity no personal identity I was a kid I hadn't lived life yet hadn't done any of the shit that I wanted to do I was basically just living my husband's life you know I was his you know just his everything in the sense that I would do whatever he needed me to do. I was going with him wherever he wanted me to go. I didn't really have a voice in our relationship. But at that time, you know, it wasn't really toxic yet. It was just, I, I wasn't me. I had no individual characteristics. It was just my husband and I were a unit and that was it. And so, um, then it turned into, resentment for a little bit where I I, I really didn't know how to be in my relationship anymore where there was things that I wanted to do that he couldn't do and I was like fuck like this sucks like just pre-planning like even my life with him was complicated like even the marriage part like he proposed to me wasn't special whatsoever there was no it was just like okay we're gonna get married we went together bought the ring like okay we're engaged now told people we're engaged now but there was no love in it there was no um real depth to it and we never once talked about like how our married or how a married life was going to be like what we wanted to do what we wanted to to build together other than his vision the things that he was already doing the thing that he 
wanted for himself. It wasn't about us even, it was just himself. And so that was already like a problem there where I was not included nor did I have a voice. And so I started to, you know, go within and just be like, damn, I cannot do anything I want to do and I can't bring my husband with me on a lot of these things that I want to do too that I basically realized like, hey, I I love you unconditionally. I just don't want to, I can't do this. This is not good for me. And so I talked to him about it and he was like, okay, so we were going to be basically legally separated. And I told him, you know, because I loved him. I was like, I want, I'll stay married to you for for advantageous reasons for him. Um, But I, I, I want to be on my own. And he was like, sure, absolutely, that's not a problem. So, because we were really best friends, like I said, so it really wasn't that big of a deal. And already, you know, he had kind of distanced himself to a certain degree. You know, he was already cheating on me anyway. So, you know, he was definitely getting what he needed elsewhere. So it wasn't that big of a shock um, to me that he kind of was cool with having his cake and eating it too. Um, And so basically we were living together still still legally married but we were separated in our relationship that he was free to do whatever he wanted to do and I was free to do whatever I wanted to do so I started like you know revisiting my old friends again like because I'd been basically wifed up for quite some time and so I finally um started connecting with with people again and lo and behold like all the people that I had once kicked it with were you know, changed a lot. (laughs) Like they were deep in drugs, deep in crime and like fucked up ass shit that, you know, I was in my own kind of separate world where I hadn't really gotten into drugs and alcohol because I was living this like wifey lifestyle kind of things where I was doing other crazy fucked up ass shit um, that I, I, you know, had to be really careful about everything that I was doing. And so I now had a little bit more freedom to go off and do things and started getting into to more drugs with people. And I could see like how just think people change, you know, like I remember being in like fucking crack dens with people fucking shooting up in one corner, fucking smoking, you know, off foilies in another corner, people fucking smoking meth out of broken light bulbs and shit. And I would just be talking to people, you know, I would do my own little drugs, but I really wasn't doing a whole lot of other things because I was still a married woman that had to, you know, keep her A game on. But, you know, I never judged anyone, but I was just like, whoa, like, this is, this is it, huh? All right. Okay. You know, I'm kind of being like, maybe my married life isn't so bad, (laughs) but I was out there again trying to like figure myself out with like basically I just I still didn't know who I was I was having a lot of identity crises and just all of this depression shit kind of came up again where I was just like fuck dude I'm stuck I don't know what to do and so I would just kind of numb myself out with like drugs and alcohol to try to feel something and so finally I ended up meeting like another guy who was a really nice wholesome guy like he didn't do drugs like we would drink a little bit you know but he was complete polar opposite of everything that I had been around he was a wholesome really nice guy who fucking loved me 
And so this guy and I hit it off like really, really well. Like we were like magnets. I think like we read like some stupid astrology thing together one time and it was like, oh my God, it's uh, like something that we're, we'll be drawn together like magnets. And, and so that was like my nickname uh, that he gave me. It was like, magnet, you're my magnet. Cause like it was, it was just this magnetic connection that we had and it was really beautiful. Like we just really clicked. Like it was the first time like in a while that I was like, wow, like, someone really values me and like sees me and he was treating me the way that like you should be treated in a fucking relationship unfortunately i was so fucking traumatized and had all this fucked up ass shit that i wasn't able to enjoy all the beautiful things that he was trying to give me and so um but you know that came out later in the relationship so we're trying to start dating each other but i'm still legally married mind you so i was just like oh my god you know like and i told i was completely 100 percent honest like that's what i am i'm brutally honest i'm a fucking sagittarius i'll tell it like it is straight the fuck up don't lie about like where i'm at with people in the sense of like a relationship thing like i'm gonna be very forthcoming there will be no hidden things from me i'll say it exactly the way it is and that all my ex-boyfriends will say that shit like i've had many like dudes come back and be like you man you you weren't lying you told me straight up what you were able to give me and i was like dude yeah like i don't do that one ex-boyfriend was just like you're the only woman i could ever trust because you kept it 100 i'm like damn straight fucking motherfuckers like i don't fucking front with that shit um so yeah basically I was just like, okay, is this, like, gonna be a problem, though, that, like, I'm legally married? And we was like, well, obviously, this is not, like, an ideal situation, Kate. And I'm like, yeah, I know. So I started to talk to my ex-husband. I was just like, yo, I just want to be, like, completely transparent with you. Like, I found somebody that I really like. And so I'm, I want to start, like, properly seeing them. Because I'm, like, mad. I respect my boundaries and type of shit, you know, where it's, like, I'm loyal to the fucking soil. Like, I hadn't even had sex with a guy yet or anything. I was just, we were just seeing each other. And so, like, I remember telling my ex-husband, and he seemed pretty nonchalant about it. Like, he's like, oh, no, I'm, like, happy for you. He was already dating somebody else anyway, so, like, I really didn't think he'd give a shit anywho. And so he alluded to the fact that he was more than okay with me doing that. And I was just like, you know, like, if we need to still be married for the situations that we were kind of, like, you know, tangled up in, I will honor that and then eventually I would like to get a proper divorce and he was just like absolutely he's like I would like to keep this going the way that it is currently and we will revisit that on a later date so fast forward in time things are progressing within my new relationship and then I was like okay I really um you know want to to get to like a better place now and so my ex-husband tricked me one day fucking dick (laughs) he tricked me and basically set me up to finally meet my new boyfriend and all hell broke loose all fucking hell broke loose because little did i know he was not okay with this whatsoever he was not over me and in his mind i was his property and i was not going anywhere and it was all bad we got into a huge fucking altercation um my ex-husband and i like got into a physical altercation like he put hands on me like choked me out like fucked up shit and i just remember like it was like i was an out-of-body experience and i just like smacked the shit out of him back like i didn't hit him luckily <laughs> i thought about it but i didn't i just smacked the shit out of him and then he snapped to it because i think he saw a side of himself that he did not like and it was 
it was bad. And so, like, my poor fucking sweet boyfriend at the time was just like, oh my god. Just like, you know, it's probably like the most traumatizing thing he had ever been in, involved in ever in his life. Oh my god, I feel so bad for him. So yeah, just like, it was this huge eruption where I was just like, we're done. I was like, we're getting a divorce, I'm moving out, this is 100% done. And so, uh, yeah, then it that started the whole long drawn out process where my ex-husband was just like beside himself and like pleaded for me not to leave and he ended up buying me a fucking dog buying me like all these like ridiculous things to keep me and I was like dude I don't want any of this shit like I had to keep the dog because I couldn't like return a dog so I felt bad for him he just he did not take it well (laughs) he did not take that shit well at all and my poor fucking new boyfriend was just like in this chaotic fucking situation where you know he was he was gonna you know keep me you know because he loved me so much but you know it was not an ideal situation for him that I just like confided in in him and I was just like I don't know what we can do maybe um it's best if we move And I already hated everything like in my life at that point in Seattle that I was like, I'm let's just start fresh. Like, let's have a chance for each other. And so um, him and I decided to move back to his home state, which was in Florida, a place I'd never been to and knew nothing about. And so we did it. We moved in exactly two weeks from the altercation. It was start to finish. I was out. I I just was like, I, I can't do this anymore. My friends were not supportive in my relationship situations that I had already been with where I was just on edge where I was like paranoid. Like my friends were still kicking in with my fucking ex-husband. And I was like, why? Like, I just told you all this fucked up shit. Like, why are you kicking in with him? Like, that makes me feel very uncomfortable. Just like weird fucked up shit had already been happening. Um, you know, my friend dynamics and shit, like I said, you know, like in their eyes, I was always going to be the liar, even though I like stopped lying, like, you know, pretty much after the whole shit. But, you know, once once you are deemed a liar, then that's your, your label for forever, you know, your little boy that cried wolf. So I just like never argued with them. I was just like, whatever, this is what they think about me. Cool. You know, like, I'm not going to fucking you know, try to convince people of something that I'm not like as much as I wanted to be validated. I have enough like, you know, my own rebelliousness that I'm not going to fucking even bother with with shit. And that's honestly to my advantage in many ways where I don't need external validation because I've only ever had to go off of my own uh, guidance system of like, nobody was going to show me how to do something. Everyone was going to tell me I was a failure in some form of way that I had to be my own champion in, in the sense that um, I... I would just have to grow tough skin that I couldn't let the shit bother me that other people said about me. I just had to fucking get over it and keep it moving because that was my defensive walls that I was building around myself of like, okay, people hurt me consistently. That's my fault. I have no one to go to. That's my fault. You know, like I just would constantly criticize myself that everything was my fault and that I couldn't ever be mad about situations. But what does that do? It harbors resentment deep underneath you, which is fucking being mad. (laughs) So, yeah, basically, I ended up finally moving away, uh, lived a decent life in Florida for the first year was pretty blissful, you know, it was the first time like my boyfriend and I at that time we were able to just be with each other and not have to worry about 
everything that was going on in our lives. We were connecting, we were learning so much about each other, having a really good relationship. Um, And the fucked up thing was like, I was so traumatized still, obviously, that I then started reacting out of my own wounds. So this was the first time where um, I can reflect back now and be like, damn, that was like a trauma response. Um, So I started to really kind of resent the relationship in some ways because he was giving me everything that I wanted but I I couldn't accept it because I didn't love myself you know now I can look back and understand every little thing where it was all this self-worth and self-love shit where I was just so depressed and unhappy with myself and here's somebody that fucking loved me oh my god that man loved me and I just couldn't accept it because I had just gone through like this fucked up marriage and just all of like my own like inner trauma of like my life was like coming up to the surface for me that I just kind of shut down. I didn't realize that's what it was at the time, but I can now look back and see like, damn, it was just everything was going good for me. And my initial response was to shut it the fuck down. And so I started working for this one company out there that was like in the adult entertainment industry where I wasn't doing anything yet. I just was like working for their like frauds claim department and just was now really exposed to a lot of sex. And that's triggered a lot of like my sexual trauma. And I didn't realize that at the time either that that's what it was. But usually when people have like sexual trauma in their life, they kind of take on that identity because you conflate um love love with with sex and so i started not becoming obsessed with sex but i was really exploring my sexuality because i had been in nothing but monogamous relationships you know where it was kind of not vanilla i mean i definitely had like you know explorative relationships but this one was like next level type of shit where it was really in my face of all the possibilities and things that were out there so i started exploring a little bit more and of course 100% transparent you know my boyfriend was fully aware of everything fully approved and we you know kind of developed different things throughout our relationship and you know we had permission for a lot of things and that kind of turned into this different level of my you know trauma that was coming out at this time and so that was putting like a huge strain on our relationship where I was just overworking myself I was busting like 80 hour work weeks and you know prior to this I was always fucking working like that's like I've told you on this podcast that that's like my true addiction whether that's like overburdening myself with you know actual work labor work or like school work or just doing something all the fucking time and so I was working 80 hour work weeks I wasn't getting to spend as much quality time with my boyfriend uh, towards the middle part of us living there and so our relationship started to slowly crumble where you know I knew he wanted to get married I knew where the direction of our of our relationship was going um and I kind of just had had this like trauma response where I was just like oh my god I've already had a failed fucked up marriage and shit like this Um, I don't know if I can do this again where I think that was me just self-destructing completely 100% self-destructing And that was like the whole rest of the relationship where that poor fucking sweet man really got the shit end of the stick of the relationship. Like out of every single relationship I've ever had, that was the one where I know I was 100% the, the, 
the wrong one in that relationship where he deserves so much more you know he really tried we had problems of course mind you but it wasn't um it wasn't necessary <laughs> like those ones were were a lot of my own bullshit and yeah I definitely felt guilty about it for many years but we ended on such great terms because like again we had like a really good friendship and bond that was the main thing and I think he knew deep down in his heart that I just wasn't able to give him what he deserved and needed and he never resented me for that he just really fucking loved me and you know I was really close to his whole family they really embraced me like it was I was basically married again like that whole relationship was like another marriage and um so slowly but surely things like just kind of fizzled out like I remember when we first had got there um my ex-husband called me and he told me that the woman that he had been dating got pregnant and he was distraught like he was so bummed that uh basically you know he was like put himself in another shitty predicament where it's like he we didn't really nurture our relationship and here he is again now with like two babies mamas and not a wife to love him and take care of him the way that I had done um and so I know that like fucked him up immensely and it's funny because like my friend my all of my friends were like yeah he's dating this woman that's basically like a stripper clone of you like a low-class version of you that always made me laugh and lightweight feel a little bit better about myself but (laughs) just funny as fuck um anyway but then so I just kind of had this like really weird resentment towards marriage because of like the shit with like my ex-husband that I could just never fully put my full heart and effort into my relationship with my boyfriend at that time. So I realized again that it said more about me than it did about him, that I was unhappy. So I was in this crossroads yet again, repeating a fucking cycle, a fucking pattern of not giving myself what I needed. So I realized like, hey, I really want to finish school and I really want to like figure out like a better career for myself. So I applied to all these different colleges and lo and behold, one of the main ones that I got into was my alma mater back home in Seattle, Washington. So I decided that it was probably a good time for me to move back home. So I moved back home to Seattle. My boyfriend and I had a really sad goodbye. Like I remember his dad was even crying at the airport. They were such sweet people. Oh my God. Um, And so him and I, we had a long distance relationship and it worked out pretty good for a little while but inevitably the distance just wasn't working and I ended up getting off the hook because he ended up like kind of cheating on me and so that was kind of like my my get out of jail free card where I was like I can just okay we can just end it on this note and that's what it is as opposed to me having to like really explain furthermore on shit um so I just was back home in Seattle and it was like I'm single again like I'm living my life i'm able to do whatever i want so what do i do self-destructive me fucking party my ass off and i'm overachiever workaholic that i decided i was going to finish school as fast as i possibly could it's because i wanted to catch up to everybody because i'd already graduated high school with my associate of arts degree so i was like okay i'm two years ahead but now that i had taken almost that time off i need to catch up So I crammed in way too many classes into a year and a half graduation time. On top of that, I was working for three jobs 
all part-time on the side stuff, but juggling that full-time and having a fucking social life. So I was kicking it with all my friends, catching up, like partying, drinking, fucking going to school, doing work. I don't know how the fuck I did it. Like I, I think about trying to do all that stuff and I'm like, oh my God, I'm surprised I didn't die. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I just like really focused on, on school and work and shit and was able to do really fucking well. Like, again, like, with school and stuff, like, as long as, like, I'm into it, I'm fucking into it, and I'm gonna get good grades and shit, so luckily all the classes I was taking, I was doing really well in, I was really enjoying myself for the most part, but I was definitely partying too hard, and, you know, then I started, like, dating random people, um, where they were all, like, like, people I've known for so long, like, that's always how it is for me, it's just, like, they, I always get stuck with people. (laughs) That's the best way to put it, where people just break me down eventually that I crumble and I'm like, fine, we can date. (laughs) So like I dated like this guy that I've known since elementary school. I dated another guy that I'd known since I was like 14. Um, Just just a slew of fucking shit where I was pretty adamant that I wanted to stay single, but I was still dating people and they weren't like one night stands. These were people like I'd see substantially for quite some time. and so whatever like I finish um I finish out college and towards the end like how ridiculous my overachiever is because I was like burning myself out like I was burning the candle at both ends for a year and a half straight and the last week is like finals and I remember I had this huge video archive footage that I had to upload to my internship and for some reason, like all the files like had crashed that I had to do it again. And I caught fucking the SARS H1N1 flu. And so I'm deathly sick. And I go to um, one of my jobs. I had like really fast cable speed internet at the time to go render all of this video footage. <clears throat> so I remember it's like Seattle. It's fucking cold inside of a warehouse. And I'm fucking like I have a fever. Like I don't know, like 102 or something crazy. And I'm rendering all this fucking footage like at like four in the morning, like shivering in this really cold place. And then I'm doing it again at like school and trying to work and do all this shit at the same fucking time to graduate. And so that was like stressful as fuck. And that's usually how I like live life on the edge. Like whenever I'm trying to do too many things at once, it's like I, I have to add something else to like put me over the fucking edge like I'm I'm the hardcore extremist where I will take that shit to like the farthest it can possibly go and so finally I was done with school and I was like fuck this place I'm I'm out of here you know just like just low vibrational shit all the way around and so finally I was like okay where do I want to move to? And I'd already was supposed to live in like New York with like an ex-boyfriend of mine, like, you know, right after I got out of school, but him and I like had a big falling out. And so that was the end of that decision. So I didn't go to New York. Instead, I went down to San Francisco and one of my good friends, like her and her boyfriend were breaking up. And so we went to, so I went, had went down to visit her just to hang out. And then I was like, well, maybe I'll move down here. And she's like, yeah, actually you can move in with me and then we can like find another place. And I was like, oh shit, that sounds perfect. So <clears throat> I moved down to San Francisco, like shortly thereafter, I think it was like one month after I had visited her. Um, 
until I come down, new place, you're gonna go out, you're gonna fucking party, meet people, like, hang out, oh yeah, so it was just, like, same shit, different city, you know, just fucking raging, and luckily I didn't have a school, though, and I wasn't working yet, I think I was jobless for the first two and a half-ish weeks, but I still had a side gig that I was doing with the adult entertainment company that was still providing me some income, so I was not shit out of luck, but, um, yeah, you know, I was, like, looking for work, just partying, meeting people, catching up with a lot of old friends I hadn't seen in a long time that were already living out there, and that's, yeah, just the spiral of my drug and alcohol phase was, was really when I moved to San Francisco, like, it was pretty high, like, in Seattle that year and a half, but in San Francisco, I took that shit to the next fucking level, and so just, again, you know, as I always do, just started dating random fucking people, (laughs) but whatever, it was, they were all, like, fleeting, and nothing of real importance, it was just kind of like, okay, like, I like you, you like me, we'll hang out for a little while, la 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 la, um, and then, uh, yeah, so, and then one of my best friends from elementary school, moved down and so it was all group of us we're all friends from seattle finally living in the same city at the same time and so it was really nice to have this like you know adult relationship with all of us in a new place so we were all exploring things partying and and doing the most and so at that point we all started to really see uh (laughs) you know kind of just the error in our own ways of being like damn like we're we're partying maybe a little too much that we all had different responses to that where either we would continue partying or sometimes we'd be like "Ah, i need a break i need to go off and do things and my one of my best friends she she had already had major um, drug issues and so she had already went down for for treatment, the alternative treatment Ibogaine, um, down in Mexico. And I had went out there to go help her with that. Like her sister and I had flown out there and were really there. And we connected on like such a crazy deep level of everything that she had, had been through because like during her, her problem with, with drugs, I had really distanced myself from that because, um, I had seen some shit of her that I didn't like. And I remember I like, I called up one of her sources and I told her, told them to cut her off because I was like, I don't like that shit. Like this was the heightened days of like Oxycontins and opioids and everything. And I didn't really like what I was seeing. Like this is when I was married and very much like uh, living a very different lifestyle than the rest of my friends. And so luckily I was able to like interfere with one <laughs> source and cut her off. But of course you can get it from anywhere. Um and so that was a very difficult time period with, with me and her was just this like, you know, I think she always felt that I was maybe judging her and her drug habits, which I wasn't. I just didn't want her to do it. And so we had like a really good bonding moment when um, I went down to go see her at the treatment facility place and we really got to connect on like a different level because she was so clean and like clear headed, like she had a whole spiritual awakening and everything and it was really nice but the problem was it's like when you wipe your receptors clean if you don't do the internal changes and shifts as well as change your external then it's very easy to repeat the same fucking patterns and that's what happened to her is that she didn't change her environment and the internal shifts were not lasting for her because she didn't maintain them and so I started to see a lot of red flags and mind you I was not one to talk because I was still raging and partying I just didn't have the same 
dependency chemical receptive shit that she did you know thank god i say this all the time that i am really have a terrible reaction to all opioids like i'll feel that like good high that everybody's talking about for maybe the first like 15 20 minutes and then i go straight into withdrawal symptoms i literally will die from like that shit like you know people have like fucking laced me hella times with that shit like i remember one time um my one friend like took my the drugs that i had and they like mixed a bunch of fucking heroin in there and it fucking was railing the shit like crazy because i didn't realize what it was and i became violently ill and just like all my friends are just like staring at me and i'm just like what the fuck did you do to me and then they told me and i was like what the hell (laughs) oh my god so many nightmare ass stories of like how i didn't die like i have no idea But yeah, so I have a really terrible reaction to them. I, I They don't vibe with me. So luckily for me, I've never had to deal with that type of chemical dependency. But so many of my loved ones have that issue. So many of them that I can truly like empathize with them in the sense that I've seen them at their worst. I've seen them, you know, during withdrawal, after withdrawal, like so many different fucking levels of that shit. And I don't wish that upon anybody. That is like one of the worst fucking things ever (laughs) and unfortunately a lot of them are rooted in traumas of why you even get to that that place of what your your brain you know your serotonin levels and everything are are asking for it it's so shitty and so um what the straw that broke the camel's back with her was like she was out wilding back on that shit heavy and one day we were all partying at our friend's house and I go downstairs and I see a bunch of people trying to go in the bathroom and I already knew what they were doing. I like busted down that fucking door and I was like, everyone get the fuck out. And it was just my friend in there. And that was the first time I think she was scared of me because I was fucking livid. And I just remember I slammed that fucking door shut behind me and I was just like all up in her grill. I was like, fucking shoot up like shoot up do this shit now because she needed to hit it you know and i was just like you're gonna do this in front of me i want to see what you do i need you to show me because i don't want you to hide this from me that's what i wanted i wanted her to be very honest and not lie to me not fucking you know play games with me not fucking cover shit up you know i was just so fucking over it because like i'm so loyal and like people were talking and spreading rumors about her and i was like i'm not gonna fucking let this shit slide you know that i was just like you gotta fucking be real with me and so she's crying you know trying to hit a fucking vein can't hit one it seems like fucking eternity in this bathroom but it's probably only a matter of minutes but you know we just really connected deeply in there and like she finally she got shot up and she just cried just fucking cried and just like i hugged her and i just like really was like i fucking love you i don't want to see you on this shit no more like i'm there for you you cannot lie to me about this like you gotta fucking be honest with me like i understand like you 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 started and you can't stop right now like we gotta just fucking work with each other and so for like the next like three weeks we she was really honest with me and she called the the people who she had done the treatment with and they came up to to give her another treatment and so i was just like super grateful that you know she was that vulnerable and like honest with me about it and so she was able to do the treatment again and do the process was able to not go through withdrawals which i was super grateful for for her and unfortunately uh yeah so she her life started to change and like 
this is the fucked up thing because I can I can empathize with her because I've been in that situation where her life started to change. Everything was going great for her. And when things are going good for you and you've had all these traumatic things, especially with chemical substance abuse, you are scared. You are terrified of some of good happening to you because it feels so unnatural because all you're used to is feeling like shit. All you're used to knowing is just feeling nothing. And for the first time you're beginning to feel and you're starting to feel really good that you are terrified of it. And it's so fucking sad, but it's so true for us that we are scared of happiness. And that was the first time I saw her happy. And so she just, I think she just freaked out. And so took one, one mistake and she OD'd. And I remember getting the phone call from her roommate. I was riding home on the bus after work and he called me. And the first thing, it was like straight out of the movie. I was like, you're fucking joking. I didn't believe him. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, stop, stop playing games with me. And he was dead ass serious. And I was like, fuck. And I remember jumping off the bus and just running. Like I knew which direction I was going to, but I was not thinking at the time. I just began to run. And so I started to call like her other best friends. Like, hey, like you got to fucking come meet me right now. Like, like she's dead. And so I'm just running, hauling ass, trying to hail a cab. This is before Ubers and Lyfts and shit. I like hailed a cab or I tried to hail one cab. And I was like, dude, I have no cash on me. I just got a credit card. Like, do you, do you have a, a credit card machine? And he's like, nah. I was like, fuck. Kept running. I found another one. I told him what had happened. He's like, I got you. Just get in the car. Like super nice man. Like, I don't even think he charged me. I think he just drove me there. And so I finally get there, talk to her roommate, and like I can feel like her presence is gone. Like her body had already left the building and just just started the process. But I remember I completely shut down. Like where I felt the sadness and I felt, you know, the grieving process, but it really didn't feel. And normally it's like I'm not a very emotional person anyway, but this one had stirred something in me because this was the first like real close this was the first real close friend death that I had endured and you know all the deaths that I had previously experienced were all like generally older people and led it to be like one of my best friends since elementary school oh man that was that was rough and so then I started to have to do the difficult parts like I remember calling her sister who was like her soulmate you know just like so connected to her and I called her sister. Her sister, like, lost her shit. Like, she was inside of a fucking restaurant and had to be escorted out the back door because she completely lost her shit. I had talked to her mom and her dad on the phone and, you know, explained to them, like, what they needed to do. And then I'll call, like, her boyfriend at the time. And just, it was too much. Like, it was just, this person was, like, the most amazing human being. She touched the lives of every single person she'd ever met whether you met her for five minutes to you know five years it didn't matter she was that one of a kind once in a lifetime person and the universe is not the same without her in her physical 3d presence here but i know she lives on and you know the universe has other plans for her so that's the only redeeming thing i can think about but here on earth oh man we miss her and that shit fucking hit everybody like a ton of bricks and so it was just like this constant like re-triggering and like feelings of just like her absence that she was no longer with us like we were all so fucked up and distraught like just fucking 
empty and gutted and that was like one of the worst feelings of my life was just that sense of loss and at that time you know we all were just deep in drinking it wasn't really much drugs but we were all just hitting that bottle hard and I had already connected with somebody who is was out of doubt like a soul like one of the deepest soulmates of my life someone whom I connected with in the most cerebral beautiful way possible where we had like this really amazing mental connection where you know we were just so fucking in tuned with each other and this gentleman and I had already been like kicking it pretty tough like we had a really firm friend base like because I was already like had dated somebody else um previously and he was just like my friend at the time and then so he was really there to support me through through the passing of of my friend so that kind of bonded us closer and then uh my other friends and I decided that we wanted to like open up a business so we could kind of like you know keep each other together in a while you know it was kind of like the the thought I had had where it was that you know we were kind of doing it in like legacy for our passed on loved one and the problem was we were all fucked up we had all went through like a serious trauma and already had traumas of our own that it just was not the right mix so you know just dealing with this really difficult loss and trying to find some semblance of grounding in a business venture that was built on an unstable foundation was already off to a rocky start and then I'm in this like very complicated friendship with uh with my soulmate where I was so unhealed I was so raw and then like very shortly after her passing um one of his best friends died and so then I was there for him in his emotional state and so we were kind yeah it was just trauma bonding it was just deep trauma bonding with us where every time we wanted to like you know take our relationship to the next level someone would something would happen to us like it would just like we could never be on the same page at the same fucking time it was just constant re-triggering each other traumatic events kept happening to us you know just obviously drugs and alcohol were not fucking helping us in any way shape or form and i'm juggling trying to run this business with my friends who all of us were fucked up and not in our right frame of mind so it was just like you know and I was someone that's like when I'm in something I'm fucking in it and I was already juggling another job on top of this business dealing with my grieving self which I never really dealt with because I just suffocated myself into work and partying like I just numb myself out where I just I can't process shit and so basically this went on for like a year after she died and then right after um after um my soulmate's friend died it was just yeah we our relationship started just going through the ringer it just started going through the ringer and I started to see all these like trauma things come out in him and that's what I told you like in the loyalty episode I break that whole entire relationship down but so basically a little after a year after she passes he takes his fucking life so now I'm hit with another fucking traumatic loss of just deep deep sadness like I am dead inside like there is nothing left in me to give 
at all. I am emotionally gutted. The party has shut the fuck down. I am emotionally checked all the way the fuck out. Nobody's penetrating that wall. Like the walls were fully up. There was nothing left in me that I just, I just had this like deep, you know, depression and resentment. And I just was like kind of stuck in a job. I didn't want to be in like with this business. Like I was the only one out of everyone. I didn't want to own it. I really didn't want to own it. Um, but I just was like, nah, okay, I can trust all these people, like, we can do this, this is something that's for our friend who passed away, like, we can make this work, so I had faith, I was like, yeah, we'll we'll be able to do it, but it was just, like, a lot of drama, chaoticness, like, nobody wanted to really be on the same page, like, we were all in different pages with our lives, all not processing things well, that we couldn't make things work, you know, and, like, that's the thing with, like, business, it's, like, if you are not able to have a clear vision and the problem was we had so many people involved that we couldn't have a cohesive vision. It's like I myself had a vision, my business partner had a vision and I think together us two had more of a vision but we couldn't get the rest of the people on board to fully sign off on this one vision. So it just really fucked shit up. And so it was just, it was a toxic, toxic ass fucking work environment and then on top of that I'm juggling like other jobs trying to like you know, survive and, like, do the best that I can, and then comes along, like, another guy who fucking was, like, in love with me, and I just was not, I was not ready to have a relationship, I was not healed in any way, shape, or form, but he just kept coming around for, like, a year straight, like, after my person had died, and you just, eventually, he broke, broke me down, where I was, like, I felt like I have this man that loves me, and, I would be stupid to not take this. Like, I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. I just was like, I don't even know. I don't want to be with this person, but I just feel like um, I'm either leading him on or it's just not right and that I why shouldn't I date this guy? So I started dating him, and of course, you know, it's like I already know that I shouldn't be in this relationship, but, you know, he was so sweet to me and cared for me and... Yeah, it just, it just, I just allowed it to happen, but it was a very toxic and codependent relationship where I just felt like everything, like I'm a very giving person and people I think know that and then they just fucking want to take and take and take and take and they don't really give me a whole lot back and that's obviously, you know, codependency is rooted in trauma and so I've always had like these really codependent relationships where you know, I'm, I'm kind of alone in my relationships where I am doing so much for the other person in some way and they're giving me almost nothing in return or only things like conditionally. They love me conditionally and I love them unconditionally. And so it's just this really toxic pattern that like I became very aware of and I really broke that shit. Um, so yeah, basically like I'm very unhealed. I'm so fucking depressed. Like gain hella weight. Like I'm at my all time lowest and worst. And during this time, like, I'm just pushing myself to the limit just to feel something. Like, I hadn't processed any of the trauma with, like, my best friend or my my soulmate. And I suddenly started to finally snap. And I remember I was doing a lot of drugs. And so a couple of times, I pushed myself to the limit. Like, I did this shit purposely, like, to kind of self-destruct. And... I will always do it on like times where I gotta like do some crazy ass shit like I'm working doubles or something and then I'll like fucking push myself to the next level limit. I was taking a lot of drugs that 
I ended up having like panic attacks. And so I remember like checking myself into the hospital two times, like where I thought I was having a heart attack. And of course, didn't tell anyone. I just did it covertly, you know, and I would show up to the hospital and like the doctors, they take all my EKGs and shit. And they're like, for all the drugs that you've taken and shit, we don't know, but you have great vitals. And it was just a full on like my dark night of the soul kind well, my spiritual awakening beginning to happening where I was just like, I am feeling nothing like there's this deep void and then I'm trying to feel something. And what this feeling is, is that there's something internally that I got to change. And so I had done that like twice. I checked myself in the hospital, like had those major panic attacks and was totally fine that I was like, okay, I just got to focus here. It's like my business, I knew I was closing it down like in a year. So I started slowly changing my life around and be like, okay, I put all this hard work into this business of like closing it down properly. Like the end is in sight. I can like go celebrate my freedom. And so I was like, okay, I'm gonna plan this big trip, like this international trip. I hadn't really taken that many vacations um, during this time because I was strapped to uh, this business. And so I was like, okay, here's my window of freedom. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Like that's all I focused on. And I was like, I'm gonna break up with my boyfriend. Like it's all gonna like end. Like I was like, I can see the end, it's there. And I was just really banking on it all. And so, of course, what happens like towards the end, like friction, whenever you're about to make a huge push for change, oh man, the universe hits you with fucking doozies and shit. So I got like blindsided by like hella crazy shit with like, my ex-boyfriend was not taking our breakup very well. Like he started going off and just, oh my God, it was, it was a lot too much for me. And like the ending of the business was like a lot for me that <laughs> I was like at my breaking point. And like my other job was like stressful as fuck. Like there was just so many little things that I really needed that vacation. And so I went on my vacation and it was, it was really great for like the first week, you know, I was around like other people was really nice. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'm exploring, having fun doing this. Like, so I was enjoying it. And then that second week hit and I was really exploring and I was by myself. And that was like the, the beginning of the real spiritual awakening started to happen. So this was like 2018 and I started just really feeling things like, really deeply feeling a lot of stuff and I could tell that I was really longing for for some things you know like different change and I knew that it was going to have to come from me so I slowly started kind of like really reflecting on my life on that trip I had traveled to like what was like six or seven different countries and just really really open myself up to uh being alone because like during that whole like what was that like seven year span I was always around people and I I really don't like <laughs> being around people like I had you know um this traumas you know from being young where like I really didn't trust people and even in San Francisco like I remember one night one of my friends um he basically like sexually assaulted me like basically in my sleep and it was like this trauma response in me where I couldn't do anything I was paralyzed I just pretended to be asleep I remember I tried to like snore thinking he would stop and he didn't and it just kept going on and on and on and I was paralyzed I couldn't do a fucking thing because it was like this weird fucked up like trauma response from my childhood where yeah that that shit like fucked me up and a lot of things like I didn't really realize was that, you know, I don't really like people touching me, you know, that that was like a fear and shit that like, it took me a while to break, like, I'm not overly like, 
um, touchy-feely kind of person because I, that obviously that's a trauma within me of like unwanted touch. And I remember even times uh, where I'll flinch. Like it doesn't even matter. Like I'll just, my initial reaction, like I don't generally sit really close to people or I'll flinch. And that was something like I kind of learned about myself on that trip of just like, whoa, you know, like I've always been on edge, like always looking behind my back, always um, distrusting of things and people. And because here I am like in foreign countries, you know, like I got to be like really careful and shit. And that was like highlighted during that time. So I remember having that kind of um, weird um, sense of like, oh, I understand now what I'm doing. It was like this new download that I was getting about myself. And so I do all my whole trip and I like have to finally go back home to San Francisco to go deal with the aftermath. So like I already had like found like a place to live. I was like moving in with a friend. So I was like, okay, cool. This will be nice. Like have a different, you know, lifestyle, but like my boyfriend, my ex-boyfriend at the time, just like wiling out, like doing the most, oh my God. And so finally, like I moved back, um, I moved in with my friend and it was fun. You know, I was like, I hadn't lived with like a girl in like a really long time. And I was like, oh man, this is fun. You know, like we're hanging out, like we're both single, like partying, whatever. And, but I'm still trying to like juggle and figure out my life. I finally like get like a better job at, um, you know, like what I was like trying to go for Because again, it was like my whole identity crises of like, shit, what the fuck am I going to do with myself? And so I started working for like, you know, more corporate job where I was getting like salary and, you know, making good, good money for the first time in a while. Like I used to make really good fucking money um, when I was like married and I was making really fucking good money when I was in Florida. So that was like the first time where um, I was making good money again. And um, but at the same time, I was like partying and wilding out with singles and Pringle. This was the very first time I had ever done like a dating app thing i tried that shit once i fucking hated that thing oh my god like i'm just not good at dating like i've always just been like you know serial monogamous where it's just like poof another boyfriend now i'm together with this person for however many fucking years type of shit um so that was really jarring for me because i've never had a one night stand in my life the one and only time i thought i kind of had one is like the guy still called me and everything like he'll still peep in every once in a while i was like some guy i met like in another city and state like i it's like my vacation fling you know and uh even that didn't really turn out to be like that but um yeah i just i don't do well in like casual sex or anything like that that's not who i am and obviously it's like a trauma response too where um yeah I, I to me sex means more than just sex <laughs> and so that was something very challenging for me to learn is that most people don't view it like that and for me that was really challenging and difficult like being single where it was really, really triggering me in many different ways that I hadn't really understood and so um yeah, I had lived my life in San Francisco and shit just wasn't going very good. Like, um, I was having some problems with like some people and I just didn't really want to be where I was. And so I moved to, to Oakland and moved in with another friend 
And so I was like commuting from San Francisco to Oakland with work and it was fun. Like I was like, okay, I'm in like another city. You know, I'd already been in San Francisco for like 10 years at that point. I was like, at least I'll live in another place and like experience something new. And so I started like experiencing new things, going to new places, doing this, this and that. And so one night I was out and I met this guy and I don't know, like we, there wasn't a lot of connection right away. It was just like familiar. Like it just seemed bright. And so then him and I slowly started talking and then we kicked it like once, kind of was like weird. And then the next time we kicked it, we kicked it for like a fucking week straight. And we were like super into each other. It was like deep. It was the weirdest and wildest fucking connection of my life. But basically this person like triggered my whole real deep spiritual awakening because I was already doing some work and understanding of some quote unquote healing and spiritual shit but this dude cracked it the fuck wide open so he was like my catalyst and for many months and maybe like a year i really thought this dude was like my twin flame because everything that we were dealing with each other was what i had found this term to mean and i was so i was like dead set i was like oh my god like this is my person this is like wild this is crazy oh my god <laughs> fucking so stupid <laughs> so it was just this wild hot chaotic fucking mess and shit but really what it was is like he triggered all of my fucked up ass shit about me so i could deal with it so that's what his purpose was was to awaken all of my toxicity, all of like my fucked up traits to come to the surface so I could heal them. And so then I really embarked down this like crazy spiritual awakening where, you know, I was like meditating for like two to three hours a day. I was like journeying, doing hella fucking crazy shit, like getting up to like, you know, higher fucking levels of consciousness. Consciousness. I was like up in the five and seven D and like floating around like crazy places. And you know, I was doing like really deep, deep healing work where like when you first come online, oh, you are cracked wide the fuck open. Like all that consciousness is really easily accessible because it's you're so raw and so open. And so that was like the whole like first year. So it was like 2018 or yeah, the end of 2018, all of 2019 was like that for me. And then um, luckily that I that situationship ended and it like fully came to my senses like okay this is not at all what I thought it was but it was a very important lesson for me and I like moved forward but I was still doing low vibrational things you know like I was still like drinking I was still smoking cigarettes and still doing drugs uh, I was work overworking myself I was working so hard at that fucking more corporate job and like making fucking salary but salary is a real fucking joke to be really honest like I was working 60 hour work weeks and getting paid not as much as I should have been and so uh yeah it was just like basically my world was crumbling like all like this fucked up shit was happening to me left and right like I like I dated like another guy who on paper we were like great like paper everything we should have been really successful reality no bueno no bueno um and again it was just like it was a reflection of where I was at in my journey where it was just like this weird mirror that I was kind of understanding and so that was like a really weird fucked up chaotic situation for like a quick second and then I was like all right bye and then um I dated like another guy for a brief second that didn't really pan out um 
and then there was like yeah there was basically this really weird overlap for me where i was like in this deep void it was like the dark night of soul so i was really deep in the dark night of the soul of like you're unearthing all of your toxic bullshit and you're just like in a lot more like victim mentality too and so i was kind of stuck deep in that despair and the thing that broke that that cycle for me was i had a really rude awakening the universe don't play man the universe don't play so basically um i got myself into a situation where i was like i was done dating the the boyfriend at the time and there was like a gray area of overlap between him and the new guy i was dating where i got pregnant and i was like oh my god i'm so sorry like i remember that's when i started to pray I was like, God, I'm so sorry. I lived in this like one apartment where there was a bunch of stairs and every single day I would just like think about rolling myself down the stairs and like making it not be a thing because I don't know, it's like in me, I already know that in programs, like I don't necessarily know if I could really fully commit to an abortion, not to say that I couldn't, but like, I don't really think it's programmed in me like that, that I probably would have just dealt with it on my own in some fucking way. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, you know, God answered my prayers. Like, I really prayed really tough that I was, like, so apologetic. I was like, oh, my God, I swear I'll, like, not be a shitty human anymore. And so I remember walking to work and I had a miscarriage, like, on my way to work. Like, I just felt it. Like, I knew instantly what was going on. It was just, like, whoosh bam like floods of nazareth i was wearing black pants luckily so you could not tell what had happened but i remember i didn't give a fuck i just didn't give a flying fuck so i walked all the way uh to the bart station and i like, tried i cleaned myself up as best as i could like in the bart bathroom but i just was so over it i just didn't i was like i don't give a shit like there was like i had hit rock bottom at that point where i was just like this is it and also a stubborn part of me is just like i don't ask for help and i'm never gonna use like excuses of like situations where like man versus woman type of shit where i would never i never let a man uh you know look down upon me for my womanly shit you know like that's something that i think society is like fucked up on is like women we're fucking troopers man amount of like cramps and shit like we have to fucking deal with just bleeding alone from our bodies like for a week straight you know every fucking month is so inconveniencing like dudes do not understand and so i wasn't gonna like try to call my boss and be like hey you know like i'm gonna be late for work because i had a fucking miscarriage (laughs) you know i had to go home and change so i was like fuck it i'm going into work also my fucking slave fucking work addiction shit so I just didn't, yeah, I just was not going to give my boss that satisfaction. So I remember just, like, I, like, wrapped, like, my jacket around my fucking waist. I stood up the whole way, like, got to work. Like, I cleaned myself up further in the bathroom. And by that time, it wasn't horrible. But I was, like, sitting in fucking blood-soaked pants the entire day. And so I busted out, like, a 10-hour work day. I would go home finally and just, like detoxified i think i cried i think i cried you know at this point i was already deep in the dark night of the soul so crying like i finally had gotten really used to it because i had never really cried before in my life i was like processing the trauma of like my best friend dying my soulmate dying like my grandpa dying like all my sexual abuse shit just like the list was endless of the things that i was dealing with and so um that really started a new leaf in me where i went deeper in my healing i was like okay you know 
I can see the other side of this now where I was really beginning to not be so jaded because it was early on in my spirituality I realized like how jaded I was you know it's like you're so new and cracked open like you think you understand shit no you know nothing you know nothing so that was the universe really humbling me where I was just like oh I gotta go back to to square one now I really gotta like switch shit up so I was beginning to really understand things. I was studying, you know, philosophy, you know, I was studying like Buddhism, Taoism, Taoism, Hinduism, Christianity, like everything. I was really doing extensive research about all possibilities to heal myself. And I was doing a lot of different healing modalities. So all of the end of 2019 and all of 2020 was this deep healing journey for me. But I was still you know, dealing with some toxicity. And so the first toxicity was, is like, I moved, I moved out of the place I was living in because I was a toxic home environment. Um, and then I stopped to, I was really stopping to drink and, and party and all of that shit. So, um, you know, I was really wiping my receptors clean. Like I finally, I quit smoking towards the end of 2020, um, and drinking. I, I was like almost, I basically stopped at the end of 2020, but I dibbled and dabbled a little bit at the very beginning of 2021. Um, But overall, it was basically like that was the catalyst. Like I'd moved out, got rid of like this toxic environment I was in and it was able to really start like figuring out my life. And the very last person I had dated um, was basically was like, it was a mirror for me to see the last hidden bits of myself, like in my toxic or romantic relationships where I knew this from the jump, like I met this guy and it was a weird, creepy ass fucking connection. Like where we just, our eyes locked and I was like, whoa, dude, this is insane next level ass shit. And it was just all bad from the jump. Like I already knew, I was like, this dude definitely is, is not for me, you know, but there's a lesson here. And I think that's why I like stayed in as long as I did. And of course, that's exactly what had happened. But my spiritual abilities were like really taken up a notch. Like I was really able to like, understand things differently. I was able to have like these um, really, you know, pre- I don't know, precognitive kind of like insights to things like where I could understand. I was like, okay, you're about to say this or like, this is what's going to happen. And just like, uh, yeah, I was just getting a lot of like spiritual fucking help, man. And so basically, um, he was pushing me to the last thing to really like purge that like toxic, like timelines within me. And that, you know, I, I needed to, to work on my self-worth like that was like the main thing that I hadn't really tapped into. It was like I was able to like heal the past traumas and then I was able to like heal, um, you know, my mistakes, really forgive myself. And now the next chapter that I had to really deep dive one in was self-worth was not accepting anything less than what I deserve. And that was something that was really challenging for me because I've always had this like insecurities, inadequacy feelings and really having to like, go deeper so at this point in time i living alone this is the height of the pandemic i am going to work physically and i'm living alone now for the first time ever in my life so i spent like 10 months in almost solitary confinement of really getting to know myself 
really treating myself well and doing the fucking work those 10 months i really deep dove into this shit so this is all of 2021 and i made like the executive decision that i was going to quit my job because i was not being respected there my boss was like very tyrannical very fucking egotistical narcissistic and shit and basically like he was a great tool though for me like i really learned a lot from him and i genuinely liked him though as a person though it was just like his way of work was not conducive for for me and and what i was about so uh long story short i was able to like practice a lot of shit with with him in my in my situation so i like was able to set like firm boundaries i was able to really like catch myself to be non-reactive where you know he would get into like crazy explosive fights and like yelling like crazy shit and i remember one time um as i had done so much healing work like he set me off like he was like going crazy on me and like i didn't react though like i was inside i was like seething but i was able to respond and i was just like i remember telling him i was just like i take constructive criticism not criticism and if you want me to do something this way that's all you need to say is this otherwise leave your comments for somebody else i'm not gonna fucking tolerate that shit and i walked out of his office and i said it really calmly but fucking direct man and so he was like really taken aback and like told everyone that he thought i was gonna quit but i was like nah man like i'm just stating my fucking boundaries because like when i want to be i'm fucking assertive as shit and a lot of people perceive that as like intimidating and i've mentioned this in the episode before where you know a lot of people have told me like you know like i'm intimidating and i'm like are you intimidated by me or am i going around intimidating you those are two very different things and i think that you have it twisted is that you are intimidated by me not me going around intimidating you that's not my intention and i'm not doing that that's your perception of what you think i am doing and that's something that i had to really like acknowledge and like make sure that i upheld my fucking boundaries with shit because yeah people will want to like spin things and projection onto you and i'm like i'm not fucking uh owning that that's not my truth that's not what's really happening here that is your projection of me and so that really began um this different level of our relationship with my boss where that dude fucking respected the shit out of me for sure and he was definitely lightweight scared of me and there was a couple of times where he was just like damn like you have the toughest fucking skin i've ever dealt with before and i was like that's right dude like that's me you know i've always had to like pull my fucking self up from the bootstraps ain't nobody been there to save my ass ain't nobody fucking taught me shit ain't nobody ever fucking been there for me I had to fucking take care of myself and that's a shit like I've seen so many other like traumatized people like people don't realize like how alone people like me are that we've never had anything handed to us we've never had the fucking help we've never had like emotional uh, support or physical support from people that we had to give that shit to ourselves we had to be our own parent we had to fucking you know love ourselves in ways that no one had ever given to us and that was something that was you know me discovering about myself through this dynamic of like my boss and and my relationship and i remember like towards the end of me uh working there when i had made the executive decision that i was like i'm gonna quit my job you know i'm gonna risk it all i'm just gonna fucking live my life and see what happens um you know i was started to like really like assert myself and like it ended up like doing a lot of shit because i was 
taking on my job plus three other people's jobs because the pandemic like it was this really complicated situation like I was overburdened I was overworked I was doing way too much but I was able to like really prove like how hard I can work and that um you know I don't fucking complain I don't fucking you know whine and shit I fucking do the damn fucking thing and and then I was you know able to move like an entire operation to another city and state all remotely mind you and fucking do it well and I just was able to end on a really high note like my boss and I got into one like catastrophic fight towards the end where he was trying to like disrespect my like boundaries on some shit and I was like nah man I ain't fucking playing with that shit and lo and behold I put in my like uh resignation like two weeks after that but I gave him a full proper six weeks because I knew what it would take for me to end on a really high note that I don't shit you know burn bridges and shit where I eat you know I was just like nah man like I'm gonna do what I do because I'm all about my job like whatever thing I'm gonna do I'm gonna do it to my fullest ability and not let my personal differences ever um diminish how hard I work at something and I'm proud of my work ethic like that to not just burn bridges and so I gave him a full six weeks on my terms though I was have doing some remote work and I was some in office shit and I remember like I was you know pr- practicing what I was preaching you know like full gratitude full like you know rising above and positivity like I couldn't be fucked with at that time because I was riding on such a high note like I had really gotten out of that dark night of the soul and I was really deep in like my full like divinity of like I am you know online I'm a true conscious being I'm the creator of my reality you know I was like so deep in that fucking work at that time that I was making moves I was able to really transform and uh so it was towards like the end of that one like I wrote this incredible fucking email like I got like mad applause from everybody when I left because like I, I took the time like I wrote this very eloquently written funny and witty email about like saying goodbye to everybody like I'm good at writing like things from the heart man like people can laugh at my writing and feel for me like that's the way I best express myself is through writing And so I wrote uh, this really great email and I think that like fucked my boss up like he didn't really want to talk about it. And so um, he was really disheartened that I was leaving and like, you know, he was such a fucking tyrannical crazy man. But like at the end, like he broke down fucking crying and shit. And I was just like, oh, my God, like this is crazy. That's the same thing that always happens to me with people where I can leave on such a positive note and I think that that really hits people to home it's that like how can this person be so fucking nice to me after I've been so shitty to them and it's just that's the way I keep it going man it's like I'm not gonna become my wound I refuse to let anyone dim my shine I refuse to let anybody like belittle me to make me come down to where they're at like nah I will do the best that I can to maintain the peace in my heart that I care about people so much that I'm able to see things from a higher perspective that I want to treat people exactly the way that I want to be treated which is humanely which is with fairness and kindness and love even if sometimes they don't quote unquote deserve it I want to show you that you can change, that you can be a better version of yourself and I'm not gonna condemn you for it because I am you and you are me. I'm no better than you. And so that's just something that, you know, I'm proud of myself that I'm able to do and I've had to work really hard 
to be like that. But I have an easier time, I think, than others that have basically maintained that throughout my whole life to some degree where I don't burn bridges. I don't shit where I eat, you know, like I do really well to like end things as best as I can because I want to make sure that, you know, I still treat people as people. And so it was the end of that job and I was finally facing one of my biggest fears, which was to not work. You know, I had saved up some money that I was like, okay, um, that I was like, I'm just going to make it work. And so I deep dove into still doing work shit. Like I was doing a lot of uh, school stuff online. I worked on like nine certificates right off the bat. I closed those things out. That was just like for my own own knowledge you know I thought like maybe I could utilize it in some like work capacity you know I was just really rediscovering myself that was the first time I was becoming my authentic self and really living it and also I was doing a lot of healing too where I was in this new level of healing this shit that was you know still peeling back layers you know like this journey is a forever fucking journey there's always another layer to peel back to go deeper and so I was going to the next level in my healing journey and really like focusing on, you know, it's like meditating a lot, like working out, um, just like getting back to more of a simplistic lifestyle. I was going on like a bunch of hikes and just connecting with nature in such a profound way that, yeah, I just stopped and smelled the roses. I literally stopped for, you know, I think I was out of work in total for, for almost eight months, um, but I was doing so much. I was able to like connect with people whom I hadn't connected with and met some new people and just did things that, you know, I think a lot of people um, at certain age brackets do. Like I'm probably thinking like maybe like when people take like a gap year or something like in their early 20s that I never had been able to do before where I was like rediscovering and trying to find myself. And so that was just like the most clear and level-headed time for me was like all of 2021 was really just giving to myself for the very first time in my life I was doing exactly what I wanted to do on my terms in my own way and I was able to really heal um, my family relationships too I had a really good um, you know journey with my family like that was so long and challenging like you know like I've gone in my life where there was about like two years where I didn't even speak to anybody in my family you know like they didn't wish me a happy birthday or merry Christmas or anything like we just were not on speaking terms and so for us to like really heal you know a lot of shit was was nice like at first it was hard because I was basically like the parent again where I was trying to force healing on people that didn't really want to participate or couldn't see from my perspective and then I just kind of like stepped back and I was like wait this isn't my job I just gotta let you know put out my intentions there and trust and let them come to me and eventually things kind of moved in my favor you know as I heal myself I help heal my family as I help heal the collective and humanity as a whole and I got that loud and clear from the universe and was really receptive to all of those internal healing that I had done like I had done so much fucking work in 2021 and it was really it was showing up and I got this big call for myself to go deeper in this void that I'd always been feeling which was my connection to God and growing up mind you I 
lived in a completely secular home where uh, my parents did not believe in God. They were not at all religious or talked about religion too much other than negatively. And it was mostly because both my parents had kind of had these like religious uh, upbringings that they resented. And so they didn't want to raise their kids in that, which I, I think is good to a degree in the sense that they did, you know, always allow us to go off and do whatever we wanted. Like I went to you know, youth group and all of my best friends growing up were Catholic. So I was going to Catholic mass a lot. And, um, I would even do Bible study and shit throughout like a vast majority of like my childhood. So I very much knew the Catholic church, um, but I didn't understand God. And so, um, in 2021, I was already connecting to a lot of like different entities and spirits and source energy and shit that I was very familiar with like the concept of God and I understood what God represented, you know, this all life force energy. And I realized that that's like something that I'd already always had been tapped into and like really connected deeply with. And so um, it was like this really abrupt calling for me where I connected deeply with like my patron saint, St. Benedict, who, you know, is the, you know, father of the monastic rule, you know, a very strict uh, Benedictine order of like living this very simplistic hermetic lifestyle. But it's really just the building blocks of like life and all these religions and philosophies and shit all practice and preach very much the same exact shit. It's just done in talked about in a different way but the message is still very much the same and so um I was getting this call loud and fucking clear from the universe it was like you need to connect deeper with God and so if you ask me it's like I would have laughed about this shit like even like three years ago I've been like I made you crazy I'm not gonna turn into like a fucking Jesus freak like all that shit um but lo and behold like the things that you think you know you don't know and so basically it started off this journey of me like rediscovering my relationship with God and I had decided to take a leap of faith and do my full-on conversion where it's like I always when people ask me you know like what your faith was I would just say I was Catholic because that's how I always thought of myself but I really wasn't because I was not baptized or confirmed or was able to take holy communion so I ended up taking um, the RCA process, which is the Rite of Christian initiation, uh, initiation for Adults. And that was a huge commitment of my life. And that was the cycle that I recently closed out on Easter was a year commitment that I've put in blood, sweat, and tears in this shit. You know, it's a, it was a full-time fucking job for me. Like I had to take classes, you know, I was going to church every Sunday, like multiple times a week actually for other things, you know, just like a prayer group like working, I like, I still, I work for the church on like a couple of things and, you know, I volunteer and other stuff and like it had become my life and I never thought that I would ever be that kind of person, but it was exactly the most fitting thing. And prior to me joining this, uh, this initiation process, I had been thinking long and hard that I was going to become a nun. I was like dead set on, on becoming a nun. And I remember I was at the beach one day and these group of nuns were just kicking it there. And I was like, shut the fuck up, God, you play in, you playing with me. So I remember like I was talking to them about like, you know, their, their whole story and just like how I felt like drawn to it and all this shit. And like, they were actually very, uh, convincing me out of it. <laughs> it was kind of funny. Um, they're just like, yeah, I don't know. 
I think you should just like focus on like your initiation process and like just do that for a while and then see if it still calls to you and and at this point in time you know it's like I'd had so many different identity crises already where you know every time I, I was trying to do something the universe would thwart me like every time like I tried to move away from the Bay Area so many times and every single time something catastrophic would happen and during my spiritual awakening I was to I was going to move to Panama like it was all set like it was all set and lined up for me to go like work for this like water conservation like group and I was gonna live like this very simplistic fucking like Peace Corps lifestyle and shit and then COVID hit (laughs) and I was like fuck that like I can't be living like in the boondocks of Panama uh during covid and so like i talked to them and they at first they were like no it's still gonna go on like you can do it and then eventually they like revoked it so um i was i was done and i was like fuck dude that was like a huge plan of mine and that's now not happening and then i was gonna try to move to like new orleans and then like hurricane hit and i was like shut the fuck up like what are you doing universe but it's clear because it's like an unfinished business here and that's really what it boiled down to and so um yeah I joined uh the RCIA through my church and it was the most humbling experience in the sense that I fit in like it just made sense for me like this was my my life and if you would someone asked me like I said even just a few years ago I would have laughed my ass off that this would be my life but I've learned so much from these people you know these people that I like, deal with are like the true epitome of like what a good Christian is in my mind and it's not this like over religious you know narrow-minded dogmatic lifestyle and shit it's like the way that I've been taught and everything was like it connects deeply to like all the religions and everything that I'd already studied and I have this good sense of like spirituality as a whole it's not about the religion so much as about spirituality like the true simplistic connection of you and God and the rest of the world and humanity and so much stuff and to say that that's kind of like where my life is at now like night and day like completely night and day I've taken 180 degrees from like being somebody low vibrational you know i've done like so much criminal activity so much drugs and alcohol fucking sexual abuse physical abuse like fucking gotten into fights with so many people and shit just like terrible shit like you know like there's like the like saying like in the bible and shit like lord have mercy on me a sinner and like that was so fucking real for me where i was just like man i've committed like so many of these like egregious sins and shit in my life and you know that everything can be made right and what it took was for me to be persistent consistent and disciplined in my healing journey that I were so many opportunities for me to go backwards and I would go backwards sometimes and immediately I would be like nah like I gotta keep it moving I gotta keep it fucking going I'm not gonna stay in this victim mentality no matter how hard and dark it gets I'm gonna full pull myself up by the fucking bootstraps and keep it fucking moving and I had to like endure so much fucking resistance and shit where um you know i was pushing myself to the next level limits and that's like the shit that i I wanted to talk about in this episode for this like lunar eclipse is like releasing those parts of ourselves that no longer are serving us you know i had to like break down like ask my parents for help like during 2021 which was like a huge low blow for me where i was just like man you know, I'm like fucking 35 asking my parents for help. Like, this is so fucking embarrassing. Like, this is so fucking like corny and shit. But it was because like, that's not who I am normally because I had put up all these walls and like had to like parent myself and like 
be this little adult that for the first time I was like, it's okay for me to like ask for help and it not be humiliating. It's okay for me to like, you know, want people's help. It's okay for me to ask for help. So that was a super big lesson for me and like humbling myself. And then like, yo, the universe works in mysterious ways. Like I was gifted like this really amazing healing friendship of like my neighbor, like Uncle Don, I talk about him who has been very much like a fatherly figure in the sense like we're friends don't get don't get shit twisted but in the sense that he is very healing in the sense that he wants to show me how to do things he wants to take time to like teach me things you know he's investing in me in our friendship but it's kind of like through a fatherly kind of bond you know um i was very resistant to having like anyone at like my baptism and shit because i was like this is my own personal journey like i'm the one that had to do all this shit i'm the one that fucking you know had to suffer through this stuff and and this is for me you know it's for me as well as like the people of my church man like all those people were there they saw me through this whole entire process like it's just me and them and of course like uncle don dropped me off because i was like i was carrying a bunch of shit and my priest like invited him to come and i'd already i'd already told uncle don that morning i was like yeah man like if you want to come like you could because like i had just something in me being like you should just invite him it's okay and lo and behold, like, dude showed up and was, like, my dad, like, taking photos of me and shit, like, just super sweet, you know, like, things, like, I never got, like, that kind of attention ever in my life, and it just, like, it's a really humbling thing, like, when you start doing all the healing work and all the beautiful miracles that, like, come as, like, a response to that, and, like, all the dope connections that I've been able to make, like, through my healing process, all of the amazing, um, you know, new friends that I've been able to connect with and however long or short they were, you know, it was all like part of my journey. Like I have no problems with anybody that I've dealt with, like all of the backstabs, betrayals, lying and stuff of all the different people and shit in my life. It's not worth it. Like I haven't even talked about any of that shit because it's not worth it. It's like, this is the story of like me taking full responsibility and accountability for my own suffering as well as my own well-being and not letting me become my trauma not letting me become my wounds i am releasing those i am moving forward in my life and i'm living life so humbly and simplistically and it is authentically me i've never been more in tune with who i am and what i'm about than i am now and everyone that i come into contact with knows that like my parents were like you're you're so different like you're so happy like we're so proud of you and like for them like they were like everyone i've told about like my you know catholic conversion story and shit like where i thought that they would like laugh at me or something they're like that's really fucking beautiful that's really nice and it was just like that was that deep void of just like me not having this connection to god which was to really love myself and to love like everything that i'm around and for the first time in my life, you know, I feel like I deserve all the good things in life. I don't think anymore that I'm inadequate or that I'm not enough and all that like fucked up shit that like was really programmed in me from day one where I was abandoned and neglected. And for the first time in my life, I'm like, nah, like I, I'm open to receive all of this like beauty and joy and shit and that the amount of work that I've put in and invested in myself is paying the fuck off like i've worked so fucking hard to break my walls down to fucking let go of all these fucked up shit that's happened to me and i'm still here and i'm still going and i will never not keep going and it's 
some days it's so fucking hard where you want to give up. Like I've said it before, you know, I've dropped on my hands and knees and pray to God like so many times where I'm just like, I don't know what to do. Like lost, confused, tired, fucking burnt out, you know, just like every possible emotion you can experience on this journey. I have felt, I've lived it, I've embodied it, but I let it go because it's so temporary. It's like I'm more focused about living here now in this present moment instead of focusing on what could have been or what had already happened or what will happen you know it's like letting go of that control it's just being persistent consistent and disciplined about bettering yourself it's not about like i have to force myself to get to here it's just i don't feel good today and i'm acknowledging that but i'm focusing on feeling good you know as as much as i possibly can right now and and that's the attitude that you know i really want to like instill in people that it's like yo accept when you feel like shit it's it's not gonna be um conducive to you to force yourself out of it it's just you got to acknowledge where you're at right now and hope and say like you want to release this feeling you don't want to stay stuck here anymore and put that intention out there that you want to feel better and then focus on that thought and have your thoughts shift. And then as you do that, then you start to feel better. And if you feel better, then you're going to start to do better. So it all starts at that thought. If you're able to shift your thoughts, you're able to change your feelings. You change your feelings, you change your actions. And that's what I want to promote. So as always, keep shifting your perspectives and finding the delights in everyday moments. Love and light, Kate. So thanks everybody for listening to my very long-winded story. I just wanted to close with um, a couple bit of reflection points so everyone can kind of understand better um, as far as all the things that I've really deep dove and understood about myself and the things that I've worked really hard on as well as close out with some acknowledgments. So the main, um, you know, traumas that I endured, as I mentioned, were my first up, my abandonment issues, being neglected you know, being alone and isolated, not being able to ask for my needs to be met, for not trusting people due to my, you know, sexual traumas and abuses uh, growing up. Like, I omitted quite a bit of stories. Like, I just didn't really want to feel like going over a lot of shit. But, you know, I had a lot of other crazy, chaotic things happen to me in my childhood and even my adult years and everything. But it's, like I said, those are just fucking stories. It doesn't matter. But the core wounding issues were highlighted here and so that was really like inadequacy feelings feelings of low self-confidence a lot of scarcity and lack was instilled in me from childhood Um, I suffered immense issues of identity crises you know and just not living my full authentic self you know that problem with lying and problem with asking for my needs to be met which is like the omission of truth that's still a lie and when you're not able to be assertive with upholding your boundaries and asking for your needs to be met then you're going to be taken advantage of you're going to be um easily misguided and you're going to have resentment so those are going to be like harbored emotions of you know anger hostility frustration resentment you know just all those really low vibrational negative frequencies um i also dealt with like issues with control you know because when people are doing so much stuff at you you begin to project on 
to others your own wounds. And so I had major control issues where I didn't like being out of control, that I wanted to really always be in charge of things instead of allowing others to to guide me or allowing for things to just happen. I was always constantly pre-planning things and really trying to like you know, keep myself in control. Maybe I wasn't really controlling too many other people, but I was very controlling of myself. I was very regimented, incredibly strict with how I did things. You know, I have like a little bit of like OCD kind of hypochondria fucking shit, you know, where I just like, uh, I have to keep like my hygiene a certain way. Like I fucking clean things like 10 times. Like there's just weird little quirks in me that are due to control issues like it's it's all rooted in that where when you have been you know not able to control anything going on around you your response to that can be you want to control everything um so that was a big issue that i had to to work through um yeah mine was mostly just like this constant pressure i was putting on myself to perform better be better because I just never thought it was good enough. I literally did not think I deserved anything good. I couldn't comprehend why I was here. You know, I just really felt like I I was worthless. I really did not believe in myself. And I think it was like one episode I talked about where I was doing some like body work and theta healing with my friend and we were doing some like uh, muscle reprogramming kind of shit where you do this funny thing where you know, you can stand at like a certain point when you're like in this state and you will rock either forwards or backwards indicating yes or no because you literally can't lie to yourself like in that state. And uh, my friend asked me, you know, it's like, oh, do you like love yourself or something? And I was like, yeah. And I like instantly fell backwards, which means no. So I was like definitely lying to myself that I thought I loved myself, but I did not. And so that was just like a really big lesson in my life that I still deeply struggle with uh, of really being able to love myself entirely. And so the big lessons of being able to love yourself is to forgive yourself, forgiving all the things that have happened to you, but most importantly, forgiving yourself. Because there's so many instances, you know, where I was a piece of shit, you know, it's like I, in this whole episode, you know, I think... Maybe people might perceive me as like, damn, yeah, that was fucked up. That happened to you. But it was like, man, I caused a lot of that shit to myself, though. It's like I was definitely a low vibrational human. I definitely did fucked up things. Like I take full responsibility for every one of those things that happened to me, even the things that weren't quote unquote my fault. It was still my fault for the way in which I handle myself in response to those things that had happened to me. That's why I don't believe I was ever a a victim at times I wanted to be but I've never been a victim in my life because I understand fully that everything that happened to me in my life happened it's not that it was supposed to happen or that it was meant to happen per se as we want to talk about it's just like it just fucking happened like you can't fucking control it like it's already in the past but what I can do is take full responsibility for everything and acknowledge the pain and the suffering that I endured and that it's okay for me to feel that. But to then release it and accept it as it is and to do the work to help myself heal from those things. And that was the biggest you know, lesson that I really learned in like 2021 was really how to um, transmute things to work in my advantage you know like where all these like negative things could come at me 
and I would instantly transmute it and turn it into a positive. Like no matter what was happening to me, at me, or around me, I was able to stay positive, to keep vibrating at a high frequency and to live my life authentically because I had let go of those past burdens, those baggages and shit that was really preventing me from being in my authenticity. So that was really just the whole journey was coming home to myself, reuniting with the real me and being able to stick with that as the guiding compass and not go backwards and live in fear and trauma. And so um, I hope that people can see that in the perspective of this episode that those are the things that you want to identify, getting to know yourself. Like I know myself really fucking well because of the amount of time that i've spent reflecting and going deep within to heal the parts of myself every single person that i've ever interacted with in my life only helps me better understand myself especially when there's contrasting moments with another individual that is where you're going to learn the most about who you are that's why i always say you know it's like your enemies are your greatest fucking teachers in life and every single person in my life was truly meant to cross my path So it brings me into the next section of like my acknowledgements, first and foremost, you know, really this episode, I want to dedicate this shit to my mom. Like I know it maybe didn't paint you a great picture in this episode, but you know that we have talked deeply and stuff and I fucking love you unconditionally. You have taught me so much about myself and I forgive you for everything that we've been through and for where we are right now. I'm very proud of us. And, you know, even just talking to you on Mother's Day where, you know, you just kept like apologizing to me still and feeling guilty. Like, I don't want you to feel like that, mom. Like, we've been through some fucked up ass shit, but we're good. Like, all is good. We're You are forgiven and I forgive myself. I definitely did not treat you well either, you know. Like, I, I definitely was not a good human and did not treat our family the way that I could have. But I own it and I accept it and I forgive myself and I will continue to forgive you as long as you need it to. But I hope you'll be able to release those burdens. Like we all make mistakes. We're human as fuck. Like shit is what it is. But, you know, I will literally murder somebody for you. Like I love you unconditionally and it's all love. So, it you know, we do the best that we can and we're only just beginning our, our relationship in many ways again. So I look forward to the rest of my time on earth with you to see how that develops and same with dad too you know it's like we're not we're not there yet but we're we're somewhere and you know I'm grateful for all the sacrifices that dad made um on his on his journey you know like he really held us the fuck down and unfortunately we didn't get to bond as much but you know what it is what it is like we've again repaired and healed as best as we can and I know that we're better off. So thank you so much for for giving me the life that I had. And it's a testament to you guys too. Like when you came to come visit me recently and you came to my church with me and everybody told you guys, like you guys did a really great job raising her and they were giving you mad praise. Like, and you were, and you told me, you're like, I don't know why they were telling us that um take take it it's credit for you too like everything that had happened to me like was a byproduct of our relationship irregardless if I learned it from the negative parts of it I still learned it and so I'm thankful uh definitely want to thank you know all the people that I mentioned in this story 
whether I talked about them in a, like a positive or negative kind of context, every single person that I discussed was a very important figure in my life. You know, I'm so grateful for all of the teachers that I had, like in elementary and middle school who really changed my life. Um, I'm really grateful for, for all my best friends, um, even through the hard times that we experienced, like, you know, to my pass on loved ones, to, to my childhood best friend and to like my soulmate, y'all know how much I miss you. And that at times it was really difficult for me to understand why I was here and you were not, you know, I felt I valued your lives more than mine where, you know, it's at times I still struggle with that, where I don't always understand why, why some people get to be here longer than others. Um, that have a lot more to offer, you know, like I think about that, like with like people like, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. to like Malcolm X, to like JFK, like I just, I just, there's times where it's really hard for me to fathom why certain people are on this planet and others are not, like it, it's really challenging, but I just accept it as it is that I'm supposed to be here still, um, but I greatly miss you guys, but I know you're looking out for me and we will meet again, so I just know that I unconditionally love you both. Uh, same with you, Grandpa, you know, I I got you tattooed on me, like, fucking love you and miss you. To all of, like, my ex-boyfriends that I really went in on in this episode, like, you know, like, I take full responsibility for my partner, especially to, like, my ex-husband, like, you know, like, you'll be laughing if you ever listen to this episode, you might, um, that you'd probably be like, fuck you, bitch, like, <laughs> <laughs> but that's just the nature of our funny fucking friendship you know it's like we've been able to repair everything like it was not even that long after our altercation that like we we made our peace and we've been homies ever since then and yeah it just like it wasn't meant to be in that capacity but we were definitely meant to be in each other's lives and I'm grateful for the experience and I'm sorry to you too man like we've talked about this like I'm sorry I was not a good wife for you I was not able to give you what you needed and and you know the it goes both ways like without a doubt i take full responsibility for my own um destruction of that marriage and you know i hope that you understand that i'm grateful for everything that you did give me and we we were good for a long time man like we we held it down but you know it, it, we're better off um as two separate people so i'm grateful for you and I hope that you find more self-worth in you too, man. Like, you've been through some fucked up ass shit. I hope everything can pan out for you in your own personal situations, which you know about. And I just always wish wish you well um, to my ex-boyfriend who was a, a fucking saint and I was not. You know, I got mad love love for you, dude. And I'm just really happy that you have lived the life that you were meant to live and that it's happy and it's fruitful and it's beautiful. And thank you, dude um to a lot of my other exes in there like I don't even know um yeah there's definitely regrets in some sense of that like I'm sorry I couldn't be better for you like especially to my last long-term boyfriend you know like I told you straight up man like I didn't think I was going to be able to to be successful in that relationship which you acknowledge and you you thank me for that being like you did warn me you told me you told me because like I don't fucking lie about that shit I'm straight up but you deserve better too, man. I just was, I was not healed from losing my best friend and losing my soulmate. It was too soon for me to even try 
to to be with you but i'm grateful for the fun times we did have i'm grateful for your support and your willingness to try and love me i just was not in a good place to be able to give you what you need and even when you were very not in your best situation either um i forgive you for that too man like we 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 went through some shit so it's all love and i hope that you take better care of yourself man like you deserve to to feel love and you deserve to treat yourself better man and i really hope that that you find that that balancing place for you i know you've been through some fucked up ass shit and i just really want to see you do right in life and to all the other people um that I've I've met like especially the people of like my fucking church you know like you guys are truly like my community and I'm so grateful I <laughs> had like a really nice conversation with with everybody like after my baptism and that was just like super uplifting and hopeful and everything that you know like I, I work with you guys and do so much and just really being able to connect and and have a really beautiful healthy relationship with you all has been truly transformative in my life and to every single person that's ever crossed my path uh, for the good, the bad, the ugly, I'm grateful and thankful for you. I have absolutely no negative context with people anymore. Like, it's all love in my heart. You know, I want you all to heal yourselves, to grow and evolve. And even if I'm not, like, technically, like, fucking with you, you know, it's like I always want you to eat. Yeah, just maybe not at my table, but, like, I want you to eat. I sincerely wish you well in life, and I thank you for your presence. And I hope that everyone else can get to, like, that kind of level where the past is the past. It's not your identity. It's just a story. And if you can release those burdens that no longer serve you. So as always, keep shifting your perspectives and finding the delights in everyday moments. Love and light, Kate.